Alright. Amber and I are going to be completely useless with Tenny here. We just had the first official Ghostly Talk dance to the intro theme. What's and that? it was amazing. John was practically like dancing below the table. And I was shrinking. He, he was. gave us a table dance, but not what you think. Right. Yeah. I was trying to get out of the table. That's what happens when you put yeah. women in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> we got Tenny. <laughs> Welcome to Ghostly Talk. I'm over here screwing with knobs. <laughs> well. That can happen under the table, too. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I reset. I said this before we started taping. I reset the board this week, so of course, I thought I had Stop it all dialed in. With it, I, well, I'm very. I quiet. like to play with it. I love playing with it. I like uh, playing with it too, but I like it when I'm louder. I'm too quiet in my head. Speaking of playing with it, Bonnie has a really good story to share with Jesus, us. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Is that better, Bonnie? <sighs> that's a little. Is that better? That's a little too loud. Now. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Amber wants me to tell this story. Yeah. John, are you okay over there? Does yeah. it sound good to you? Yeah, Do you it sound all right? Fine to me. Yeah, I can hear myself, which is problematic. But <laughs> okay, what? Go ahead, Bonnie. Bonnie's got a great kicker. So I'm actually going to write a book called "Adventures on Dating Sites." Why is that? Be- because um, today, like the last five or ten minutes, I was at work. I got a message from a grown ass forty three year old man that. Asked if I would dress him up as a baby and drive him around in the back seat of my car until I feel he is grown enough to sit up front with me. No. No. It sounds pretty hot to me. No. No. I no. love your status updates on Facebook because I read that before I came over here and I was like, this is awesome. And it's not the first time you've written something no. bizarre like that. No. And it's, it's, I can't even make this shit up, but seriously, I, I'm not into dirty diapers and mommy issues. That's that's not my thing. So if anyone's contemplating sending me an email, don't send that one. If you have other ideas for what you'd like to do to Bonnie, send them to Ghostly Talk. <laughs> contact yeah, at ghostlytalk.com. Yeah, contact at ghostlytalk.com. Are you Bonnie, are you on dating sites? Yeah. You are. I am. What is the picture you have up that makes people feel that the need to send you these things? It's just a normal picture of When you me. say normal, though, what do you mean? Because you are not normal. No, I'm not. Not by any definition of the word. Oops, sorry. Are you holding fish in the photograph? No, I'm not. Are you Although holding... Although, on Plenty yeah, of Fish, toys. 90% of the guys on Plenty of Fish are holding fish. In case you're wondering. Men what? men think that's a big deal on they, dating sites. They think that they take it very literally. Like, 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 they, went a f- like they went fishing. actually holding a fish. Yeah. And here's yes. my 10-pound my trout I caught. Yes. Oh, because that's manly. That's there's, there's testosterone. You want to procreate with them because they have fish. Holding fish. And there's nothing manly or that makes me want to knock you down and screw your brains out that involves you kissing a fish. Like, Nothing. It's oh, a normal that, picture fine. of me. What, that's fine. That's a normal photo. Yeah, that's, that's your totally photo. Normal. That's my photo. It's. It, I'll post it on Ghostly. You know, Talk. we haven't done a bio page yet for the Ghostly Talk site. Maybe we should use that picture also. That can for be that. your dating page. Oh, great. We'll just use that picture. We'll you, set up a special you picture. Have, we'll you, spend yeah, you, a, yeah, you, yeah special have, email for you. Yeah, you can have all the normal people in the paranormal contact dating you to date. Right. Yeah, yeah. Does that exist? <laughs> I don't think there is such an animal. No, dating at ghostlytalk.com. We'll we'll set up a new address. I'm writing that down. Dating at ghostlytalk.com. On my notepad. We're going to get Bonnie late.
great if it kills us. Part of a, a um, new subdomain for the show. It's not the issue of Bonnie getting laid. It's the issue of Bonnie finding someone normal. Getting laid is not an issue. True love in all of its form is what you're looking for, mm, right? Yes. With someone normal. But, but what could that form be? Somewhat That's normal. The problem. I'm not going to be your mommy. Let let me just put that out there. And Amber's if, my mommy. If after I say that's, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. genuinely <laughs> going to throw up. <laughs> if I can actually picture Scott in a diaper right now and it is so fucking disturbing. But if after I say hi to you, you go into great detail about all the things you want to do to me. Yeah, no, that's not well, going to you know, win you any points I think, either. I think, okay, if we're going let, to, let's, okay, well, let's riff on this. I think it's an obvious point that when you, I mean, this goes for like any type of like uh, group dynamics, personal dynamics, whatever it might be, where I usually, this is a turnoff for me, whether it be a friend or whatever. I mean, I, we've been in non-legal matrimony now for what, 11, 12 years, Amber, something yeah, like that. Yeah, you guys have been together forever. Yeah. Um, but I know just meeting people, right? Just anybody on the street, anybody like playing music, whatever it might be out there doing something, hanging out. Usually when you meet someone, if they go into too many details about too many things too fast i've learned over many many years now and i think it's proven experience that that's usually a, a turnoff to like okay this person is going to be a problem in the future i mean that's i don't know what you guys think about that but usually i've met people and they they, they did dump their entire life on you but there's a there's a generation of people right who think because of the they grew up with the internet and maybe yeah. they're only a few years younger than us yeah. but they feel like this person will find me more uh, attractive. This person will find me more like interesting if mm-hmm. I tell them all the screwed up sex stuff I do. <laughs> no, but people, and it really but people, doesn't but people help think that, and it doesn't like help. A f- the fucking ass end of a mule, and you. But say I mean, that. I, I, there was a girl that I, a woman that I was interested in, and uh, it was me. Uh, our, yeah, I, <laughs> I, know. I know, I know. I, don't wanna, I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to bring it's it up. It's okay. We can talk <laughs> about it. It's okay. There was a woman I was interested in, and and I. Just contact her. I said, we should we should go out on a date. Just have a dinner. Like, whatever. Yeah. Five to ten minutes into the date, the actual dinner, she started telling me about when she was younger and she was touring with bands and all the guys that she banged and in the hot tub and she was doing LSD and then there was this guy with angel dust and, yeah, and I'm too, like I'm like much. I don't I don't find that attractive. No. Like no. there are some who things I don't need to know attractive. about. Yeah. There's right? there's a past for a reason. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you just don't need to know about that shit, you know. I, I don't know why we're even talking about this, but Amber wanted you, you me to tell. This shit. Amber wanted me to tell that story. It's a on great air. opener. It's a so great opener. I told it. All right, well, great. It's an, and now I can show you the conversation. Well, dating at ghostlytalk.com. Yeah, I have it dating written down. At dating talk. at ghostlytalk.com. Oh, I can't wait so, like, till that know, gets forwarded so, to my email. Coast to Coast has their whole little, like, <laughs> paranormaldate.com. We're going to start our own thing. Oh, just, but you're the it's only, only for one person. Right? It's for Bonnie. It's just yeah. for one person, Bonnie. No, seriously, we're going to set and this up. And you have to be in Metro Detroit. This is going to turn into a monkey fucking Unless you have money and can fly Bonnie out to Hawaii. Gentlemen, you can do, like, a weekly or monthly update. Yeah. Um, the fucker, the weirdos yeah. that you've been dating through... <laughs> through Ghostly Talk. Ghostly Talk. Okay, so here's the way this is going to work. I got this whole plan. This is oh, fucking beautiful. Oh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh. Okay, good. All right. This, is, this, is, this is beautiful. So, dating at ghostly.com. You're allowed to submit yourself for a date with Bonnie. Of course, she kind of... The, the I only want rule pictures. Is, she can yeah. pick. Oh, pictures, yeah. yeah. You got to send a picture. Yeah, send a picture of your face. Yeah, your face. And, and not, yes. not one from the sky. Like, not a selfie. Like, a straight on... You right. know, I want, I want at least, like, chest up. 
chest up picture of a person. Right. And Straight if out. requested an under the ball shot. So <laughs> from Very behind, yeah. between the legs, we see and that then cool, up towards your face. That cool turkey neck I want to see how thing. the low-hanging fruit looks. Wait, you right? want to... Very good. Did yeah, John, right. did, did, wait, does he, is he no, suggesting tank photos? I don't kind want of. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh God! No, I don't want that. No, so no, so okay. okay. Listen, so my, you wait. might not want it, but we want. So it. my note, wait, my notes say is submit. This, wait, is this going to be forwarded to my email? Yeah, everybody's. Oh, yeah, it'll go. Um, we're all going to see we'll it. Say, okay, it's so be great. submit picture of face and taint to dating at ghostlytalk.com. Does that work, Bonnie? But here's the rules, okay? As we said, a uh, chest up. It, it, optional if, if requested, uh, uh, you know, right. swingy, hangy, turkey neck, <laughs> nut shot. We can do no dicks, no taint. Okay, um, brief bio. You have to be local, obviously. We're not traveling for this project unless he's got money. Now, the only drawback to this, though, is if you fuck up with Bonnie, we fuck we, you we up. We fuck you up on the air. That's just the way. That's the only the rule. We get to talk about the date, right, Bonnie? Tony, you got my back on this. Yes, for okay. sure. And I think that what happens is, is no matter what happens with all of the requests, you will get a lot. I'll probably get two. A lot. I think you'll get a lot. <laughs> but what happens is, is it's the it's the first ghostly talk book. Oh shit! Right, we do a coffee table book of all the photos that have been sent to you. Okay, photos become public property of Ghostly Talk. All photos submitted become public property or become property of Ghostly Talk. Right? That's that's the price you pay for a date with Bonnie. Oh my goodness! It's the way it works. All right, dating at ghostlytalk.com. We'll have it up on the site this weekend. Just a book of pictures of balls, and then, and then, and then. There's not even a paragraph explaining what the balls are. It's just the paranormal team's name next to it. <laughs> Founder of. Right? I can smell the lawsuits just flying in already. I'm so glad you said lawsuits as he's talking about pictures of balls. So, yeah, I think I mentioned this is ghostly talk. Um, thank you. We're here again for another fun-capped uh, episode of. Uh, well, yeah, we have a very interesting week. Or, I'm sorry, very interesting. We've had a couple drinks. I'm horrified right now. Yeah, I'm not doing good. I'm the only sober person here, and I'm fucking horrified. No, we're not messed up. We're fine. fine. Bonnie, we can handle our booze. It's been a long week. I know you can. I've drank less than half a bottle of vodka. I've seen you take a lot. You you (laughs) have. Doesn't sound right. (laughs) All right, all right, all right, all right. That's my wife you're talking about. So, I've made out with her. Where? When? How? Uh, Ghostly Talk Anniversary Party. And Gettysburg, and we, we've made out a couple times. John, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I really, for those of you who don't know who we're going to be talking to tonight, I'm just going to throw this out there. John E.L. Tenney is one of the most well-recognized and highly sought-after investigators of UFO, paranormal. You know that I had to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you know I had to add the E-L like contractually when I started working on television shows? Really? Because there's an actor named John Tenney. I noticed that. Yeah, and so like SAG like has some fucking thing. I wondered why you did that. Yeah, they have something where you can't have two actors with the same name or two people that are involved with programming with for real name? yeah so since he was on there yeah. first and yeah. married to Ter- he was banging terry he was married to her banging her terry hatcher for a long time nice. so oh, really yeah. he's got some push in the in, <laughs> in the in the hollywood community but yeah so i had to use john yeah. el which i'm fine with that that's yeah, fine yeah it's but yeah. yeah i didn't mean to interrupt that no no bio, no you're, no, you're that cool. bio that you're about to read yeah. i wrote so it's very complimentary <laughs> i went to the source yeah i want to do it right uh paranormal and occult phenomena in america Mr. Tanny has been actively involved in the field of animalistic, 
Anomalistic. No, anomalistic. Mm. You want it's me to hard, read this? It's a hard word. I have my own notes, Scott, so let me start Just over. Just go. I'm sucking this week already. John E.L. Tenney is one of the most well-recognized <laughs> and highly sought-after investigators of UFO, paranormal, and occult phenomena in America. Mr. Tenney has been actively involved in the field of anomalistic conspiratorial, occult, and paranormal research for almost three decades. True. It is estimated that over the past 27 years, more than 80,000 people have attended one of John's signature weird lectures. That's a lot of weird people. <laughs> John E.L. Tenney's columns and articles have been printed in magazines, news, newspapers worldwide, and he has lectured to numerous public and private schools, universities, organizations, and clubs. Mr. Tenney has created and hosts the podcast Real Lost and Realm of the Weird. Re- oh my God, I'm messing there up. There you go, this, Realm Scott. of the Weird. Realm of the Weird, which Real Detroit Weekly awarded across multiple years Detroit's best podcast. Yay! I literally paid someone for that award. Well, that's okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Aside from his lectures and due to his extended time involved in occult research, he has acted as a consultant for numerous companies, including, but not limited to, NBC, A&E, Fox, Sci-Fi, The Detroit Free Press, and Huntington Post, Men's Health, and The New York Times, and The Wall Street Journal. Welcome, Tenny, to Ghostly Talk. Wow, that was awesome. That was awesome, yes. I hit all the high points in, in my very weird career. It's awkward. Okay, isn't it awkward writing your own bio? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we were t- when we were outside talking earlier before the show. We were talking about people asking like, "Who's your agent?" and yeah. stuff like that. I've never had one, yeah. ever. Uh, whether it was back working on unsolved mysteries in the '90s or like now working on television shows, I've always just done my own stuff. And so it is strange when people are like, "Who's your publicist? Who yep. writes all your stuff?" I do. Yep. Like I'm. Who knows me better than me? And so it, it is strange to have to write your own bio yep. and then – because I hate compliments. Yeah, I'm the same way. So then I have to write something that's very self-congratulatory and it's not really in me to do it. I always am uncomfortable with doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's awkward. It's, it's weird. I, I know back in the day when we were doing – like when we were doing Ghostly Talk 1.0 or Project <laughs> 2 or whatever it might be, going through all that same stuff too, it's like we had to write bios. Like we'd go to the conferences and whatever. Like, well, you have to write a bio about yourself. And it's like – it's the same thing as like a job interview. It's like, well, tell us some great things about yourself, which is the most uncomfortable, yeah. weird, awkward crap you can do. But that's what you have to do. Yeah, you have to do it. You have to do that. You've worked on a bunch of shows. Mm-hmm. I know – and – uh, we got to ask this question. We, gotta, I mean, let's just get this out of the way. Because <laughs> I want to talk about fun, this, cool I, stuff. I have no... Yeah. This is something that most people know. I have yeah. no secrets. Okay. It's easiest for me to live my life with just saying what I know. Yeah, yeah. And not having to make shit up and just speak whatever it is. Like, yeah. that's... Yeah. Growing up punk rock in a lower middle class family in, in Royal Oak... That's just my whole life has always been that way. And you grew so, up in Royal Oak too, huh? Born and raised. My born dad. Was, raised. My dad was born and raised in Royal Oak. My grandfather was born and raised in Royal. So you were down Oak. there so days three, of off the record, old school. I worked it off the record worked, for five holy years. Holy crap! Yeah. Really? Yeah. I used to. My I grew up technically grew up in Madison Heights and Hazel Park. Grandparents mm-hmm. were in Hazel Park. I was in Madison Heights. Did you go to Madison High School? No, no. I moved actually out of Madison Heights uh, in, in sixth grade. Okay. Moved up here. This is where we're at now. Um, but we used to always make those pilgrimages on our bicycles to Royal Oak to go to Off the Record and just blow all of our money on records and go down there and hang out. Because that was, at the time, I mean, Royal Oak's a totally different place now. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely very, ridiculous. It's, it's, a, it's a very different place now. Um, all the old places are gone. They really are. Uh, but, yeah, it was like Off the Record. was That that was the place to hang out at. We used to go there all the time. There, there was another shop, and I totally forgot the name. It was on Washington. There was another record shop, which it totally is escaping me now. You mean currently? No, no. This was back in the day. 
So back in when I was working at Off the Record in the eighties and early nineties, yeah, Off the Record was on Fourth and Main. Mm-hmm. Incognito was across the street. Joe's yeah. Army Navy. Yeah. Oh man, Joe's. Patty Smith. Mm-hmm. There was a place called Avant Garb that was on Third. There was Noir had just moved to Washington. Yeah. Uh, Patty Smith was on Washington. And there was another store there. I totally forgot. The on name the of corner, it. Probably, it was on the corner. It was on the corner of Washington and yeah. Fifth Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there, I, know I forgot the, the name of it. Place. Yeah, we yeah. used to hang out there also. But off the record was kind of the place we used to go. That was like the place to go to. That was I where I learned that if you worked for a business, you could steal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like if they gave you a key to, the, do not give a sixteen-year-old punk rock kid. Who mm. works at a record store? A key to the record store. No. That's the bad movie. fucking that's, mistake. That's in order. Really I mean, bad our idea. owners. It was the it was the eighties, so our owners were really jacked on cocaine, <laughs> so they didn't care very much. But don't do that. I mean, we um, good call. Off the records, where I met Didi Ramone. <laughs> yep, I met him in there, just flipping through records one day. I looked to my left, and there's Didi Ramone standing to me there, like just standing there looking at me. I'm like. Holy shit! It <laughs> he, was it, he didn't look good then. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> off the record for then. me, I mean, but to side note to all paranormal stuff, but off the record for me was a, it was very strange to be working at a record store in the eighties when nobody really knew what was happening. So we had we did in stores all the time. Like the first in store I ever worked was Soundgarden, and like. I had to hang out with Soundgarden all day. And I was annoyed as, like, a 16-year-old kid to have to hang out with these hippies, right? <laughs> like, I never thought that that was going to be a thing. Like, yeah. that, that Soundgarden was going to be a thing. I did a, an in-store once where I had to go and get Pez because these people had come to do an in-store. They had released a record, and they couldn't speak English. The only thing they could say was Pez. So I went and bought Pez from a Rite Aid. <laughs> I brought it back. They fought over it. Well, they couldn't speak English because they were speaking Icelandic. There was this band called the Sugar Cubes, and this girl yeah. that I hung out with all day was Bjork. What? Oh, my yeah. God. No way. Yeah. I had no idea who that was at the time. Wow. I was like, this fu- this chick can't fucking speak English. She doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> I had to uh, – there was a band that came in that at an in-store, I had to take them out to lunch, and I didn't. Ha- they didn't have any money, so I had to pay for their lunch, which made me fucking mad. Oh, yeah. So in the credits of an XTC album, it says, thanks to John Tenney, because I paid for their lunch no one time way. when they, oh when they came to Off the Record. Oh and were like, Yeah, it's wow. just the weird – Weirdest fucking like un, like and then aside from that, growing up in Royal Oak, when I would skip school in high school, I would go to the library because it was I knew that no one like truant officers weren't looking at libraries right. for kids that were skipping school. Yeah, so I would go to the Royal Oak Library and I would hang out with this guy who was this painter who would always tell me about like performing surgeries on people, and I didn't know what it was. Well, that was Jack Kevorkian. I was just going to say, but it was, oh my God. Yeah. No way. So it's like, just this, my whole life has been this confluence of fucking weird people. And then I saw him about maybe a year before he died. I was at National Coney Island in Royal Oak. And I saw him, I was like, Jack. And he was like, John. And we sat and we ate Coney's. Oh my God, he remembered you. Yeah. Yeah. We hung out for, I mean, I... Held, I went you to Dondero High School. school a lot. I went to Dondero High School. I held the record for days missed and still <laughs> able to graduate. Nice. <laughs> that uh, that National John Coney Tenney Island. Is my idol. That no, that <laughs> National Coney Island is historic. I mean, I think everybody oh, yeah. has a story from that National Coney Island. I've always said if I ever wanted to invest in a in a restaurant, it would be that restaurant because it's right across the street from a bar. 
that's been through many different names, right? But it still is a very busy bar. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'd go in there. At, I worked at a bar back in the day, not that bar, but another one. We'd go that, we lived in that area at the uh-huh. time, and we'd just go there to hang out after work and just chill out, have coffee, just kind of come down on wine for the night. And it got so busy some nights that they, they would have a line going out the door of National Coney Island, literally from the bar crowd coming from across the street just to come hang out at National after and they're all shit based. Right? Oh yeah. They're all hammered. Yeah. So you got one fight after another. You got pitchers flying. I mean it would literally get live every single night. You were you were gonna leave that place with a story. Yeah, I, my my favorite story from National I'm sorry we're not talking about ghosts because it's just like don't <laughs> it's okay. but it's I was at, I was at National one night and uh it was packed. It was after it was I think it was a, probably a Friday so there was it was very busy. Yeah. Yeah. But this guy I'm sitting at the table with my friends and we're just you know eating French fries and whatever and trying to figure out who's gonna pay for all the coffee because we're all fucking broke and and this guy stands up on the table it's like three o'clock in the morning and his shirt is off and he he screams to the entire restaurant he goes every time i'm in here there's a fucking asshole tonight i am the fucking asshole <laughs> that's exactly what you that's see. national coney island that's I national it. coney island at, 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 at yeah at maine and 12 mile right there the corner that's the joint. If you want to have a good story, and I know it goes on now too. I've been to Na- I've been there in my older years now. Just like you know, you, you, we have a late night somewhere. Yeah. We drop in there like one or two o'clock in the morning. Here comes the bar crowd, and it's the same fucking assholes in there being completely ridiculous. It, yep. it doesn't change at all. Except now it's the sons of the assholes. It's the sons, sons and of the daughters yeah, of the, the assholes son- we knew. It's the next generation of asshole in there hanging out. Absolutely. I met Wayne Kramer also at Off the Record. I was in there oh, yeah. bopping around, and I bumped into Wayne Kramer, and I'm like, I mean, I freaked out with Dee Dee Ramone, and I think I freaked out more when I met Wayne Kramer. I mean, I turned into super sick fanboy for a yeah, second. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. That off-the-record stuff, again, I can't begin to tell people how strange it was. I worked When I started working there, I worked with this guy named Mick. Uh, Mick Collins, and he ended up being the lead singer for this band called The Dirt Bombs. And then I worked oh, with yeah. I worked with this guy Dan and, Dan and Peg, who also were in a band with Mick at the time. It was mm-hmm. called The Gories. But Dan mm-hmm. became Danny Dalrod, and then um, my friend. After I I suggested my friend Brendan work at Off the Record, and yeah, Brendan yeah. Brendan Benson be, became a part of the Rack on Tours with Jack White, and it was just oh, yeah. this. Everybody in Detroit was somehow filtering through off the record at that yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was one of the only stores. Yeah. I mean, people make, make it out like the heydays, like, you know, nowadays, especially. I know record stores are picking up a lot and their stores opening now in like the last five or six years. But the, you know, the 15 before that, people were like, well, it's such a, it was such a wasteland. There's not that many stores. Yeah. But even back then, there was only a handful of really good record stores to go to. For you sure. You know, you had Flipside and Clawson, which I still live at. It's like my second home still. Yep. Uh, you had Off the Record back then. Uh, there was, uh, God, Sam's Jams. Sam's Jams. That was in, that was in, in Ferndale. Ferndale. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, you had Record Time over on the east side. There was only a handful. There's, there's more. I can't remember them all. But there was only a handful. I mean, given the geography... Yeah, there and wasn't then, that and many. And you had record stores opening and Harmony closing House. all the she time. Yeah, Harmony House too. Yeah, of course. and you had record stores opening and closing all the time. There was Blitz Records in Royal Oak for a little yeah, while. Yeah, Neptune. Um, there was a Neptune, Neptune opened. Yeah, absolutely. they weren't. They weren't open. They were open for a few years. A I few think. years, yeah. but yeah, they went down too. So Sorry, yeah. Bonnie, we're 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 boring. You Bonnie. boys are we're, fine. We're waxing nostalgic here. This is great. Yeah. Royal Oak's a lot. It was a lot of fun back then. Those were the, those were the days where yeah, I'm a kid walking around down there, you know, because I want to experience culture. How, I want to learn. How old are you? 
I'm 42. Okay, 42. So yeah. I'm I'm 47. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there was this period of time when it was the greatest place for a kid to hang out. It was. It, it was safe. Mm-hmm. There were weirdos. Mm-hmm. And and you could do pretty much whatever you wanted to. I there mean, were... it, it, I mean, you would have every time I would go down there, there would always be some crust punk sitting on a corner somewhere. Yes. And they would come up to you and say, "Hey, you got some change?" Yep. And you know, that never really. It was a different kind of like. Thing, like, I, I said the same thing I normally do. Like, I'm sorry, I'm broke. I'm a kid. I don't have any money. I only got like 10 bucks to go buy that Celtic Frost record I want to get. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. So, I mean, I don't have any money to spare here. But yeah, you'd have that happen down there. But it wasn't, yeah, like you said, that, that was what made it really kind of cool is it was this, you know, kind of dangerous place, but it wasn't dangerous at the same time. And I think it was a great place to grow up and, you know, learn my roots of where, you know, music and stuff that I wanted to come up on and understand and that I'm still doing today. Well, right? I tell, I tell people all the time. So I, I grew up in Royal Oak and my, I, I, like I just said, my family grew up in Royal Oak, born and raised there. And when I was uh, 19, I was like, okay, I'm going to move out of the suburbs. Cause I, I understood that I was a middle-class kid. The first punk band I was ever in, our like major song was called middle class kid because it was about <laughs> you know on the street fucking bored going to the store being ignored same old pants same old hat uh, scoping pussy at the dance I'm, <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be a middle class kid so when I was like I was 19 I was like I'm gonna move out of the house and so I like I move out and I yeah. move to Detroit proper Ooh, and so yeah. I moved down to Michigan Avenue on Michigan and Lano which is I mean now is a bad mm-hmm. neighborhood in 1990 was a fucking nightmare Mm. so i lived down there for six months got shot and then i was like oh this is why i don't live in fucking detroit like you You like a pure skin like you got shot i have a scar on my leg still like just a drive-by like just random like don't like that dude like we're gonna shoot him we're gonna get we're we're always showing his leg i don't know if you can see the scar there yeah i can see a light pink scar yeah okay so why why did they do it? Because I lived in fucking Detroit so you in, just 19, ran. in 1990 no you when were... drive-bys were like, this is cool, so let's that's, just shoot people. That's yeah. what it was. It was a drive-by. No reason. No one mugged you. Nothing. Just no. boom, let's put a bullet in that guy's dude, you know, leg, yeah. whatever. I mean, cool. I lived there for six months, what? and I, w- I used to walk to the Coney Island that was down the street from my store, which it was like Ray's Coney Island, not American or any like big, well-known Coney Island. But I, was, yeah. I would walk down to the Coney Island, and there was this homeless guy that I knew, uh, and, <laughs> and he would walk with me. He would walk with me, and and I said to him one day, I go, Earl, I go, this isn't a bad neighborhood. Like no one's ever messed with me, and he, oh, he you jinxed yourself. He looked well. He looked at me, and he goes, No. He goes, This is a terrible neighborhood. <laughs> he's like, He's like, but you're a white kid walking around at five o'clock in the morning by yourself. So everybody thinks you're fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you can get away story. with it for a while, but. Eventually, I mean, it was Detroit eventually in 1990. You get shot. Yeah, eventually you get shot, and then you move back to Royal Oak, and you go, "Well, uh, I have my Makes street credit. I ever, experienced that." Yeah, if I want to put a rap album out, I'll take a picture of my leg and say I got shot nice. in Detroit. And... Yeah, that's your street cred. My yeah, God. for sure, that's your street cred. Yeah. I went to school. I mean, I went to Wayne State down there. Yeah, um, and that was like, that was like, you know, I mean, I've been to Detroit. I was going to shows there all the time when I was younger and whatnot. But actually, spending a lot of time down there, you learn things. Oh, you yeah. figure things out. You figure my my friend, my first roommate. I've actually taken a tour of crack houses in Detroit. We went hooker Why? watching one night. Um, oh, the best, yeah. right? It is the best. Yeah. I was like, just I felt like I, I was on yeah. TV. I'm not really going to get into great detail. Let's just say there was a family member I needed to find. Oh, yeah. Ooh. We've all had to do that. Yeah. I've had to so, go down there too for that crap. I, because I was pissed off and furious. Drove to Detroit and toured crack houses by myself, which is smart. Not hmm. fun. 
not fun at all. I know my I was saying my first roommate, his first day, he w- he was going to graduate school at Wayne State. Uh, he got out of the military and he wanted to finish up his education. His first day that I was already there for like a year and we lived together and he's like, yeah, you know, I can't wait. It's going to be great. I've seen the commercials. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's dancing around the campus. It's a place where we hang out and we learn. It's going to be totally great. I can't wait to go back to college, man. He comes home that same day pissed off. I'm like, what happened? He's like, I was at a red light and some guy just rear-ended me. I'm like, well, did you get out and straighten the thing? I was like, no, the guy just took off on That's me. That's the problem. He smashed he up my car. stopped at a red light in yeah. Detroit. Well, yeah. Red lights. In Detroit, you stop. It's if it's yield. clear, you fucking go. I thought the red light was a yield, and a yield doesn't exist. I uh, This is maybe seven years ago, or six or seven years ago, but I did an event, and it was at the historic Fort Wayne downtown. Mm-hmm. Oh, Been be- there. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, it was me and uh, Dustin Perry. Mm-hmm. And Dustin said, is there a place we can get energy drinks and candy? And I said, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I drove, you know, I'm, I'm here. So you know, yeah. he had been yeah. flown in or whatever. And so we got in my, my car and we were driving around. And I, I was blowing through stop signs and red lights and stuff like that. Because it was like 10 o'clock at night or something mm-hmm. like that. And Dustin's like, we're going to get arrested. And I'm like... Oh no. Oh no. I'm like, oh no, we're not. I'm like no, we're not. we we are fine. I'm like, we are two like white males in Detroit at ten o'clock at night and it's not safe for us to stop at these stop signs right. in, yeah. in right. some of these neighborhoods. And it just blew his mind that there was a place where that's okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Like years ago when seventy five was under construction, there was a detour through downtown fucking Detroit. So every time I came to Ghostly Talk... That's when I was talk, going to... Oh, no, that, was, that wasn't then. No, go ahead. Sorry. Every time I came to Ghostly Talk, I was stuck in stop-and-go traffic in downtown Detroit. And every time I came home, I was stuck in traffic <laughs> in downtown Detroit. And it's fucking dark. Yeah. And I'm this little white girl in downtown Detroit just blowing through fucking well, everything and people are looking at me like what are you doing i'm like i ain't now, fucking stopping that was you know and that was a very real thing for a lot of years for a lot of years yeah, but yeah. not anymore it's different it's, it's it, very I, you know, different I, you know you hear we've been hearing for like the last five years let's talk about detroit for a second that's cool yeah um the last five years especially you know there's been the bailouts and we've had all these things happening here in michigan there's been a lot of problems we have flint going on right now still um Detroit's been the focal point of the country, I think, in a lot of ways, because literally five years ago, just five years ago, this was considered a complete disaster area. I mean, Detroit was a wasteland. They're like, this place is hopeless. You might as well just bomb it, just just clean it up and just redo it, start over again. Um, five years later, and I, we, we go down there still to see shows and stuff like that, and I see the difference. And it's a great difference. It's a really cool difference. Um, Wayne Thank State. Thank you, Mike Illich. Yeah, Wayne, yeah. Rest in peace. There. Um, he put a lot of money into Detroit. He did. Well, there's a lot of people that did. Uh, but I do see that. I mean, Michigan Avenue, for example, is you know Corktown, for example. Oh, it's a whole different world. The, I it's used different. To, I used to tell people not more than six or seven years ago. I used to tell people all the time, like if you go to Detroit and it's after midnight and you're anywhere on Cass. Oh yeah, Cass Corridor. It's night yeah. of. I was like, it's night of the living dead. That was one of the like, scariest get off places of, ever. Get off of Cass Corridor mm-hmm. immediately. And that's yeah, Midtown man. now. Right? I now that's, that's it's like gorgeous. Posh. Like I there's have... Thai restaurants and yeah. we'll fix your bike shops and Top there's cat. families pushing carriages and strollers Jack around. White store. Yeah, yeah. There was a time. Yeah, when I was going to school there, Cass Corridor, right? Like there was the Wayne State campus. 
And there was Warren Avenue right there. And at the time, like Warren Avenue and Cass, there was a dirt field that you could pay for premium parking. Because if you're an idiot like me and you're late all the time, I couldn't park at the garage blocks away because I was going to be running late for class. I'd just park and pay a couple extra bucks and park on this lot. Um, that was a dirt lot. There was some old restaurants there. like There was like a deli and a Greek restaurant. And there was a subway there. Now... There's no field there anymore. There is a giant Barnes and Nobles there now. Um, there's, you know, of course, the Starbucks. The, you know, dare I, dare I side with the corporations on this? They really have done a lot just for that one little area. And then if you go south, like we're talking about south on Cass, that was an area that was like you didn't go that way. Yeah, my punk band used you to just play, didn't go that. My way. my punk band used to play at a place called the Four Four Willis, which was oh, off yeah. of Cass on Four Fantastic on Willis. Fantastic place. And and now the Four Four Willis is an independent cinema theater. Yeah, like yeah. like it's like what is happening? And that was just in the last few years. <laughs> yeah, too. what yeah. was what was the club you guys played a show at in Detroit? There was Alvin's. 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 Oh yeah, it's closed no, down it wasn't. now. Well, there was a lot of places we played in Detroit. I mean, Alvin's. I don't know. All I know the shelter, is me and you know. Jeanette were coming, and you said, call me the second you park your car. You were going. We were going. Thank you. And- <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what place I had it a, was. I you said say, that, and I had a very visceral, sorry, weird image I'm in sorry. my head of two women in a car just screaming. <laughs> I don't remember what place it was, Bonnie. I don't, oh, God. I, don't remember. I want to say the old Miami. The old Miami. We played. No, yeah. The old Miami was you a You were play, like, call there. me the second you get that's, here. And that was, that's right there in the heart and of that the, whole, the cast corridor. the whole band came out and escorted us into the bar. And, yeah. and we weren't even in the bar like two minutes. And someone was trying to lick my face. <laughs> It was all very weird. The old Miami now has outdoor seating mm-hmm. with uh, tented tables, mm-hmm. and buses drop people off there and pick them up when they're going on like tours of Detroit yeah. bars. Yeah. Oh wow! And they have wine tastings at the Shut old Miami. Up. Oh yeah, yeah, no, at they, the old Miami. That's one wow. of the stops for drunks oh. of antiquity. Was it that they have that tour called Drunks of Antiquity or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that's one of the stops or something like that. They have that going on. So yeah, there's. There the used to point. be a place that had a like literal like nine foot by eight foot American flag in the back. It was yep. filled with Vietnam vets mm-hmm. who would kill anybody mm-hmm. that came in the bar that they didn't know. And now people are like, I love this Pinot Noir. It's <laughs> oh, yeah, Michigan Avenue, Woodward Avenue. Like we, we go to a lot of shows at the Majestic Theater and the Majestic Cafe and the Magic Stick there, that whole little complex. That whole area, is it's opened up now. There's all this cool stuff going on. People are coming down there. And I, I won't lie, I was one of those people at the time like, oh, fuck, I'm not going down there. I'm talking Tired of this crap. I don't want to deal with this no more. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, it's fun to come down here again. Yeah, it's great. I, I'm it's, happy to it's, spend it's money really here. There, I'm seeing because I'm seeing things happen. Yeah, we're seeing something happen down there. It is a renaissance, I think. Um, there's a lot of people coming there, artists, people that care. They really want to do something with the place, and it's happening. I think so. You know, ten points of that. Yeah. So there's like that's the past, and this is like now. I mean, yeah. There's your history lesson, people. I don't know how we got here, but we're here. I'll, I'll be down there on Sunday. Yeah, let's talk about Ooh, that. Yeah, the Nine Rouge. Yes. Let's talk about that. One of Michigan's oldest legends. Now, yeah, w- go ahead, John. S- uh, no, so there's always been this le- le- legend in Michigan that we've had a red dwarf. Um, yeah. And uh, please, thank you. Scott's giving me a drink. And, He's uh, a good bitch. He is. <laughs> no, so yeah, John, tell the but, story no, of no, the Nine so, Rouge. So for years, there, there's been this legend that there's been a little red dwarf in Detroit, and it's the harbinger of doom and mm. disaster. And 
And, and that's based on two books. So one of them is The Legends of Old Detroit, which was written by a woman. Marie Hamlin. Yeah, uh, 130 yeah, years ago. a long time ago. And then there's a second book that was written based on her book mm-hmm. by a guy named Charles something or other. Yeah. And he kind of elaborates on this. Yeah. The, the fact that Cadillac came here, did some terrible things to the Aboriginal First Nations people who lived here, and then was cursed, and then he saw Little Red Dwarf, and it's that's what the Nain Rouge is. It's this little... Whoa. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. There's already our first sign. Yeah. Ooh, uh, Nain but, Rouge is here. Yeah. It does nice. It's got a weird sound to it. Um, but... <laughs> But what's interesting is when I first learned about it, there used to be a witch in Detroit. <gasps> yes! Marianne. Gundella? Yeah, Gundella, yeah. right? And she used to tell me, oh, well, people misunderstand this whole like thing. There's a nature spirit that's here. And when the Europeans came here, they saw Little Red Rabbit painted all over the place. And the Native Americans told them, this is our god or one of our gods. Mm-hmm. And since it wasn't a Catholic god, it became a demon. Of course. Right? So the stories that we tell, the two that we have that are printed in books by Europeans, talk about this little red devil. Mm. When, If you look more historically at what's happening, it's just an earth spirit. It's this Native American earth spirit, trickster spirit, mm. the little red rabbit, Nanabozo, Manabozo, yep. whatever you want to call him. And so now this whole thing has grown up over the past maybe eight or ten years that we have to have a parade to kick this demon out of the city. Mm. And me being the kind of like growing up punk rock kid that I am, I'm like, no, you're all fucking wrong. Like, learn your history. (laughs) This is just a little nice rabbit earth spirit that protects the city. It shows up to tell you when there's going to be problems. But it's not causing the problems. That's interesting. It's trying to help you. It's trying to say, watch out for this shit. Something bad is going to happen. Mm -hmm. But the Europeans obviously copped it, took it under their own wing, and said, well, it's a demon. Right. So now every year there's this thing called the Marche de Nain Rouge, which is 3,000 drunk suburbanites who go mm-hmm. down to Detroit and they carry baseball bats and scream at the Nain Rouge and tell them to get out. <laughs> and I stand there by myself or with, like, five people. We'll support you this Sunday. Yeah, telling people, like, don't, like, he's our friend. Like, don't be mean to him. And then the promoters try and punch me in the face and... <laughs> And tell me, like, it's it's really bizarre because no matter what you believe, it's folklore, right? right. So yeah. what's interesting is that Detroit has a great folkloric story that's 300 years old. Mm-hmm. And that's what we should be celebrating. We shouldn't be trying to demonize it or make it into something that's, you know, super overpoweringly great. What's great is that we have a country that's less than 250 years old. But yet we have a city that has a legend that's older than that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we should be celebrating, is that there's this weirdness that, that we can all agree to. But for some reason, obviously, money, whatever, they choose to portray it as a demon. Yeah, I like that perspective. Because I always tell that story when I do talks, and now I've just realized I'm going to add to it and do a different perspective on it. Because it isn't, like you said, 300 years, that's an interesting comparison to say like hey the country's not even that old yeah like because i mean obviously detroit was founded by the you got the french and the british and right. the, you know all that stuff going yeah. on yeah. well before the united states was ever you know started so now i support him yeah and it's weird too because even like like De- detroit right the straits the river 
the, the actual meaning of what Detroit's name is. Mm-hmm. When I started researching this years ago, I was like, but what was it called? I mean, that's a that's a French term, Detroit, the Detroit. Straits, yeah. right? Detroit. What was it called before the French got here? There were people living here. Right. And so what was it called? And I, I can't, I'll never be able to say it, so I won't even bastardize, bastardize how to say it. But the, the translation from the Ojibwa Indians who were in that this area was the place where all rivers come together. Mm. So even like Detroit's... That's okay. John's making music. That's all John. That's all John. So even Detroit's, even Detroit's, like historically, even Detroit's like name is the place where we're supposed to come together. The place where all the rivers, all the peoples come together. Right? So... I find it weird that we take an old legend of theirs and we've turned it into something to divide us. That, mm. So, mm. I well, it doesn't sound like it's very divided. It sounds like three thousand people that don't like them. Well, three thousand people who don't know what's going on because yeah, last there you year, go. last year there was a huge group from a high school, I think, from Rochester who had shown up because it was an opportunity for their band to play. Oh God! And and, and this guy came up to me and he was he saw my sign which said "Be nice to Nain." And this guy comes up and he goes, what's your sign mean? And I go, well, I, I'm actually protesting this march. I go, I, th- I think the Nain Rouge is a good guy. And he goes, what's the Nain Rouge? And I go, what the fuck are you here for? And I was like, it's the parade for why your band is here. He's like, I don't know. We just had to play. So it's this perfect opportunity of like, people are going down there to get drunk and have a party. Yeah. Yeah, they have basically. no fucking clue what's yeah. going on or why they're there. It's one more thing right after St. Patrick's Day where we can oh, go yeah. and get loaded. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So and I, like I, to, I, I, and I like to fucking make problems, right? <laughs> so, like... <laughs> I do, right? So, like, there's there's something super awesome about having 3,000 people going, like, get this fucking guy off of our city. And there's one guy who's like, no, <laughs> you're fucking wrong. <laughs> like, like, I love that, right? And what? having 90-year-old women spit on me. I had people rip what? signs Shut out up. of my hands. Oh, yeah. I've had people rip signs on my hands. Last year, I had one of the promoters almost punch me in the face in front of everybody. Like, it was great. There's Because there's this thing where you know that they know that they're wrong. That they don't know what they think they know. Right. Yeah. And and that's what triggers people, right? Mm-hmm. When they think they're on the right side of something and you blatantly point out how they're wrong, that makes people well, isn't oh, isn't yeah. that isn't that the fuel for debate right there though? That's like that's the fuel for it. I mean that's for any debate you think of, like in general, you're always gonna have someone who thinks they're in the right, right? Whether they're whether they're wrong or not. Yeah. And then you might have someone that comes and that's the basis for I mean uh, and what's really weird is you have someone yeah. like me who's like, it's folklore, it's fluid. You're allowed to be right. Yeah. I'm allowed to be right. Someone else is allowed to be right. Like, all of us are right, yeah. and right. all so of us why are is there wrong. A, why is there a exactly. debate then? I mean, that's the thing. Why? I mean, because I mean, I'm some, not, it's a rhetorical the, question, yeah, but, really. Yeah, it's but, like, the, 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 but the answer is, is that some drunken frat boys stumbled upon the legends of the Nain Rouge, and they were like, how can we make money off this? Yeah, exactly. Which they're making because they get advertisers now. And yeah, people of course, them corporate promote, yeah. advertisers. and yep. the, Yeah, for sure. My God. And we're going to this thing on Sunday now. Yeah. We're going, right. Amber. We're supporting John. Yep. I was sitting in my living room painting posters the other day, and I was, I was, and I was thinking to myself, and I was thinking to myself, I can only carry one. Why oh. am I? Why do I have a dozen? Oh, great! <laughs> great. We and Scott get to get punched in the face. Yeah. yeah. I may have to 
to when meet was, you Amber, guys. What have we gotten ourselves into? When was know. the last time any of the three of you have been punched in the face? I never have been, so I guess it's a new opportunity. Uh, Bonnie, have you been punched in the face yet? Yeah. No. I no. think. Uh, have you met me? Yeah, someone's punched me in the face. Nope. There's something about the taste when someone hits you in the nose. There's a blood weird shock oh, iron great. taste. You taste blood. Yeah, in your mouth. Okay, I'll explain this Monday when I go into work. <laughs> I was protesting and supporting the Nine Rouge, which is 300 years old, in downtown Detroit Midtown, I and was, I got punched. I was downtown trying to be the friend of a, <laughs> an ancient demon. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast will be posted pretty quick, right? So the people that are local that listen to our show, our friends and whatnot. Come down. Come on down. It's uh, something fun to do. I mean, if you look at the way that the Roswell Festival is, or the Mothman Festivals, right? Like, we have a little red cryptozoological creature We do. Mm -hmm. We do. Like, it should be something that we all celebrate. There should be Nain Rouge beers and wines and shirts. and should be. Like, market the shit out of that. There should be. Right? Why don't we do it? You know, and that is frustrating because, okay, so when Ghostly Talk took its... Like hiatus back in what oh nine a very long okay very a long long ago when ghostly talked to hiatus there was no Michigan paranormal conferences whatsoever barely no nothing nothing ever happened in Michigan it was like the most boring dead paranormally state once a year you would have a psychic fair that was it yeah there'd be something you know at that dirt mall what's that dirt mall Uh, Um, Gibraltar 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 Trade Center yeah so a psychic fair at the dirt mall (laughs) yep like that's all you get that's all Michigan people get. And now there's all kinds of stuff going on. So you're right. Like, we, well, we have the dog man. But, like, no one markets him in a clever, cool way either. He's I just... did the first dog man symposium last year. Did there, you really? Yeah, in, it was in Defiance, Ohio. I was going to say, that was in Ohio, though. And so this year we're trying to figure out how to do it in Michigan. <gasps> yes. Right? Because yes. we should. We should yes. be celebrating the weirdness of our yes. states. Exactly. And, and, and there's plenty of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we got, we got tons of sea creatures. We got like under well the Monroe monster, the fucking Bigfoot yes, near we, the yes. near Monroe that pulled the uh, um, girl out the, of her car. The Dewey and, Lake monster, whatever he is. There's like there's we got all kinds of cool. We got the stuff. Michigan Triangle. Yeah, we got the Triangle. So eighth annual March Dunay. I'm gonna screw this March up. March Rouge. We need to also learn French. One p.m. is the parade, but we're getting there. What time? Uh, I usually meet up with people at this place called the Great Lakes Coffee Roasting Company on Woodward. Ooh, but, we get coffee. Yeah, I'll buy coffee uh, around noon. Okay. And then we walk over. We just all sit and chit-chat, and then we walk over at 1 o'clock, and we start making <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we can go Facebook Live on I this, too, on Ghostly this. Talk. Are you going to be there, Bonnie? I think I might have. It's okay, super don't, funny. No making blankets this weekend. You have to fight for the Nine Rouge. And there's actually a guy now who is, uh, his name's Dave uh, Krieger. He wrote a book last year where he got a guy who to dress up like a red devil, mm-hmm. but he put him in a suit, Yeah, and he sent him all around Detroit to, like, Belle Isle, the Detroit Public Library, and he was like, uh, this is the Nain Rouge. He's uh, Detroit's oldest citizen, and he loves Detroit. And so he's even, like, kind of moving into a different area and so he called me and, and said listen we're going to have a car in in the march this year yeah. if your people want to walk with us like walk with oh, us wow. and so we're like slowly it seems like we're taking this over like there could be like this total like black and white side down the road like there's like half the parade supporting it the other half isn't like, last who year knows? listen last year at the at the march um they have at the end of it 
the name shows up in front of the Masonic Temple and he screams at everybody and tells people how terrible he is and I'm a demon and I'm ruining the city and people jeer at him and wave their baseball bats and whatever like that. And they knew that I was building this group of protesters. The, the first few years, it was just me. And then there were four people. Then there were 12. Like, you know, and it's been building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the way that they got rid of the name last year, because the whole thing culminates with kicking him out of the city. Mm-hmm. And last year, the way that they kicked him out of the city was they had uh, an, an entire group of people dressed up as Ghostbusters. Oh, geez. Oh, come on. Oh. And Come kick on. him out of the city. And I was like, listen, motherfuckers, uh, I understand that you hate me and that I'm ruining your thing and I'm not making you money. But this is just the worst trope that you can pull. So yeah, they had yeah. a Ghostbusters uh, car pull up and they had Ghostbusters get out. They played the theme Ghostbusters. No, naturally. And yeah, chased him out. And it was almost as if like saying like, fuck you, John Tenney, Ghostbuster. Because yeah. obviously that's what we do right that's as, all we do yeah, that's all we, we do just is, when we're done with the show we're gonna we go watch Ghost Ghost. Ghost. yeah we yeah. watch ghostbusters that's all, all the time oh yeah and we have it on repeat yep. in our cars mm-hmm. and that's all we know that's all we know that's, that's all we dress. know that's all we know we have proton packs my theme song i don't yeah. drive an ecto one i drive a sonic <laughs> now when we talk about ghosts and we've all done this for a very long time what does it drive you crazy that people try and build shit that look like ghostbusters yeah, mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Does yeah. it? I mean, here's the thing. we If you take it in the right context, I think uh, it's a movie. Like Poltergeist was a movie, mm-hmm. right? Like The Entity was a movie. I mean, it was a book, too. Right. But, I mean, these were stories. I mean, Entity was based on kind of a factual type of thing. But this, the bottom line is it's all entertainment, right? Yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters was entertainment. I don't know if there's any, I know for a fact there's no anyone, at least in this little room right now that we're talking in, that didn't enjoy the shit out of the first two Ghostbusters. I, right. I'm not a fan of the you're first not? Ghostbusters uh, film. Oh, no, I'm you not. didn't like it? I loved them. Okay, I think so. I was a little too old I'm at wrong, the time. Man. Yeah, all right, go ahead. No, but I'm just saying, yeah. I, I find it weird that we've never, like the community, quote-unquote community yeah. of, of paranormal researchers, Yeah, yeah. we've never broken away from like, we need to build a trap, and we well, need to yeah. build, and we uh, need to build something that catches it. Like that idea, yeah, whether it's a fucking vacuum right? hooked up no, to some shit, no, right? Don't get Bonnie no, no. started. So after <laughs> after we had talked to you at the Old Mill Paranormal Conference, and you talked like talked to us about that that show. What was the show? Um, Bonnie, we just talked. We did oh, this on the uh, last Ghost Asylum. Ghost yes. Asylum. Yeah, yeah. Where they catch, is that the one where they build, they build? T- yeah. They build shit. I genuinely yeah. went home. Did you watch it? Binge everything. Did you see them catch a ghost in a rock? Yes. Yes. Where they talk to the rock at the end of the episode. Yes. They're like, they know we know that there. you're in there, ghost. Or this quartz rock that caught you. It, <laughs> it was so bad, I couldn't stop watching. It's great, though, right? It like, was, it's hysterical to watch. Uh, those guys are really nice. I've met some of them. They're fine. But the way that it portrayed right. to the, the general oh public. Is, that even, is it still on or did they end no, it? No, it's gone. Ghost, did, it, did it do one or two seasons? Uh, three. Three that did three seasons. Yeah. Ghostbusters is the film one and two, mm-hmm. right? I'm just I'm just addressing those two films right now. Um, they're entertainment. I think the problem is is that some people who like got into this field, 
much like I can say everybody in this room got into this field because we had a real true interest in like, okay, there's what's more out there. This is not just some goofy shit that's in movies. You know, we think that there's something that may be out there. We think, right? Let's go investigate this stuff. Let's, let's, and let's try to learn new ideas. And, you know, and I know I have over all these years. I wasn't prompted um, by Ghost Hunter or Ghost I wasn't though. prompted by that either. I was prompted simply by seeing just spirit interested. photography myself. Like, oh, my God. that Now, whether that's real or not, I mean, the brown lady, when I saw that, when I saw that photo as a child. Right. Uh, and a book back here, right back here. Yep. That's one of the books. I mean, that. I, I I mean I, you know I haven't cited it on the new ghostly talk yet. Oh, Hard Houses goes... by Larry Kettlecamp. Oh my god! My absolute I will favorite. Never forget that book. That's my favorite ever. book of all. My little it's just it. a simple little ghost book. But that's the book that got my spark lit for this thing. It was not because of a movie. It was because it was based on a little book I read that that had accounts of people seeing things, taking pictures, talking about ideas, talking about different dimensions, and. Even as like you know a ten year old kid, I'm like, whoa, this is trippy. This is like, these are really cool ideas. That's the reason that I got into it. Um, if people are getting into this, and I mean, this is gonna, this is going to go. You know, we can just go right into this then, right? People, I think a lot of people are getting into this field because of Ghostbusters, for example, and they think it's supposed to be some wacky, goofy, funny adventure, and they get to drive around in a goofy looking van or like like they're in Scooby Doo or some shit, or they are like Jason and Grant or somebody like that, right? I think that, it's right? more Jason and Grant. I, well, yeah, I'm going to that too. Like, you know, I think people are getting into it for those reasons. And we've saw, we've talked about that before on the show here is are people really getting into this because they want to, they want to learn things. They maybe want to discover something. Um, so, I, I mean, go ahead. as we all know, like one of the, the main drivers behind what people do, the majority, whether it's us or other people, but the majority of people, I feel at least throughout yeah. the years, is that people want to know that they're not insane. Mm-hmm. And so they love to share their story. They love to share. Yeah, and they, and they yeah. want to hear that other people have stories right. like them. Absolutely. Right? So the problem that I've always had with any paranormal show, whether it's something I've been on or something one of my friends have been on, is that people watch that. And the good thing about it is it sparks discussion. Yep. Right. It makes people talk about it. Yep. The yeah. bad yeah. thing about it is people say, that's how I'm supposed to do it. Right. Yep. That's my whole point. And it's then like, they, that's their they, inspiration. Yeah. And so there's this, this process, which I feel is completely missed uh, in, the, in the quote unquote community, which is how deeply are you thinking about the weirdness? There's this philosophical side that no one has anymore. They ask, how does an EVP work? How does the EMF detector work? How does this piece of equipment work? And the question they should be asking is, how does how does a ghost see me if it doesn't have eyes? How does it hear me if it doesn't have ears? Mm-hmm. Like, there are deeply philosophical questions that, that people should be thinking about instead of... Does is the DDR60 a better recorder than the Sony? Well, it's turned into golf now. It's yeah, golf. One thirty-two. Fucking golf now, yeah. basically. It's bowling. What we're doing isn't science. It's philosophy, right? We should be asking really deep, penetrating questions about the nature of reality and existence instead of trying to figure out if they appear on infrared cameras or or ultraviolet. Well, and we cameras. make all these assumptions that the dead act just like us. Yeah. You know, this is what we did when life, so this is how they're going to act and do and never well, lie. And, and, and the, the, same, yeah. the same physics in life apply to the afterlife, and they don't. There's no way. One of the ideas I learned a long time ago, I mean, we all, I think a lot of us started this way. The first place we went to when we wanted to start ghost hunting was we went to cemeteries. 
Yeah. Walked around cemeteries and shot cameras, shot all. Well, that's you, your you first know. assumption. That's, that's where a, the dead it's are. It's our first assumption, but you know, over the years, I've learned like, and it's an idea, and it's philosophy, like you just said, John. Just philosophy, like, okay, look, if I'm a dead person, I'm a disembodied spirit, whatever you want to call it, right? A soul, whatever, energy body, whatever it might be. I mean, this is just ideas that I've learned. Um, do you think I just want to spend my time? In a cemetery, buy your corpse. Yeah, right. buy my. I mean, if I can move around and, and travel, bears. and I have all this man, maneuverability, I have this mobility. Why don't I go out and see stuff in whatever dimension I'm floating around in? Absolutely, right. I've told. I tell people in my lectures all the time, like if I die and I persist in some of my own consciousness, like if some of me actually retains me, mm-hmm. do not think that I'm gonna hang around here and say no. Right. Into your fucking recorder. Like, if I'm not locked down biologically to my system and I'm still me, I'm fucking off this planet immediately. I'm sitting in the sun going, oh, that's fucking weird. And then I'm in a different fucking galaxy. And then I'm in a different galaxy. Like, yeah, I mean, and then I'm going backwards yeah. in time. And I'm not fucking, I'm not consigned to the constraints of yeah. being in a physical right. body. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not going to turn a fucking flashlight on. Like, it's not, that's mm. not what I want to do when I die 300 oh, yeah. years from now. I don't want to. Oh. Like Praise the Lord. Praise, Praise the John Tenney. Go with Praise the Jesus. Let's have no, a Jesus. This, this reminded me of this moment that Scott and I were at Waverly Hills Sanitarium. Oh, one of my favorites. And, and we were sitting there, and we got to like, okay, so there was a, a public ghost hunt, which no one can do any legit, any decent, anything. Never, never, never. It's just a fun experience for everybody paying to be. You're looking on at it. the building more than anything. I yeah, think. whatever. Uh, the architecture. So or uh, so anyway, we we start going from floor to floor where everybody's doing different things. So we go up to the top floor and they have a Frank's box going. So anybody that doesn't know what a Frank's box is, it's basically a little radio going really fast through the AM or FM bands going bup, 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 creating bup, a bunch bup, of bup, noise creating a bunch of stuff so supposedly the spirits can build their sound voices over it whatever blah 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 so we have all these people in a group yeah. asking questions very important questions that you want to know about the Dude, afterlife this is the best shit ever and so this girl has her opportunity to talk to the like, dead talk, talk, Waverly, to, talk to the spirit the Waverly talk Hills the corpses and spirits of the tuberculosis people that died there <clears throat> and what does she ask do you like potatoes do you like cookies? <laughs> and that's when Scott and I just go, fuck this, we're, we're out. out of here. We we'll left. Leave it. And we went we're downstairs done. and smoked cigarettes and like left. And we're, yeah, like, we're no, like, we're done. This I, is no. 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 I mean, and maybe, who knows? Maybe they went and listened to the recording and some weird little voice out there went like, I like potatoes. I like cookies. I don't know. I have no idea. That's a creepy voice. But that's, I have no idea. So, but this is what you're asking the dead. And so, yeah, I don't want to be like John. <clears throat> and be in my afterlife being like, I like potatoes. I like them with ketchup. Like, I'm not going to do that. Please do. You I want mean, me sir, to? If you, okay, so if you go before me then, okay. and I don't hear you say, then I'm gonna I, like say I like potatoes with ketchup. And I'm going to use that voice. I'm going to be We're all going before upset. you, Bobby. <laughs> I'm going to live right? forever. You're going to live forever. I'm immortal. <laughs> there can be only there one. Can, you are like a Highlander. No, if there's anyone that's going to haunt a cemetery after death, it'll be me because that's my favorite well, place. Well, I love cemeteries too, but I mean, I yeah, feel completely I have a major, mega respect cemeteries. for them. And I love the historical value and the architectural value oh, yes. and all the good history that goes along with cemeteries. Like, I can, I mean, when Scott and I are traveling and I'm like, I see a cemetery, I'm like, no, I'm just not. I'm like, going to tour ooh. every cemetery after oh, I, I love die. them. I would, I've always wanted to do an entire 
tour of every cemetery in Michigan and write about it. I tried. Oh, I, I sent. So year, this is probably four years ago. I was trying to figure out how could I get in the Guinness Book of World Records, and I was like, "Well, I smoke a lot." <laughs> uh, and then I was like, "Well, I drank a lot of vodka." Like mm. I was trying to think of things that I could win to be in the Guinness Book of World Records, and so I actually mapped out and I charted um, in 24 hours the amount of cemeteries I could be in, <gasps> oh, in 24 hours. Fun. So I would be the person who was in the most fun. cemeteries in one day. Fun. Mm-hmm. And so I made this map of where I could drive and people could pick me up and drop me off and so I could lose time and I could I do all this stuff. And I told them, like, you know, I figured out how in 24 hours I can be in 200 cemeteries nice. in 24 hours. And they were like, no, that's not really a category. Oh, my God. And I sent, them an email, I sent them an email back and I was like, there's a category for how many powdered donuts a person yeah, can eat in a minute. Seriously, there's not a cemetery category. That, oh my that's, god! No, no. Like, they make one. You can make one up. Make you're one. Guinness. You can right. do anything you want. You can First do of all, you're the fucking. Fuck you want. Yeah, and Guinness, Guinness Book of World Records is also Guinness beer, right? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's, is it? company. Is it the same company. Yeah, I think it's the same company. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I gotta look that up now. So if they're a beer, Bonnie, get on your phone. Get on your phone. Do some I'm research. Do some research, ghost Why person. Why are we all talking like that? I don't know. All of a sudden, it just hit us. <laughs> Do your research. But the thing, okay. So philosophy, though. All right. Just going back to this idea, because this has me. I mean, you're right. I mean, I think a lot of the ideas people should just be thinking of just. Asking deeper questions, asking deeper ideas. I've been saying for years now that I totally got out of the whole science. I mean, I mean the scientific side of it, the gadgets. I mean, I appreciate them. They're and fun. I, I think they have. I mean, if you're trying to actually collect evidence that you can back up, which we know that's still kind of flimsy too with a lot of stuff. I mean, that's the only way you can go. I understand that. So I think that's where some people who who say, I want to prove, and I know this was our mission statement when we were kids, we want to prove the existence of the afterlife. That's the mission statement. Well, you you got to have evidence to back it up, right? right. Well, how you can't do that by telling a story. Right. You just can't do it. Um, so you spend the time trying to figure out cameras and audio recorders and, and you know EMF detectors and all these things, and... I think that, that that's where the purpose comes. However, I know, and I've been saying this for a long time now, I just gave up on that. I realized that the, I'm, you know, I'm not doing this for anybody else but myself now. And if I have an experience, and I've had a couple of them where I was by myself. I have no way to verify it. I have no one to verify with. I have no evidence to back it up whatsoever. But it's a story I tell, and it's how I feel. And if somebody don't believe it, well, that's your thing. I don't care. You well, know? there's this a concept. It's a and the uh, you know there's it's strange when we talk about Native Americans because they're basically broken up into linguistic systems. So you can say yeah. like Ojibwe, Cherokee, whatever. But so the Algonquin people who are in this area yeah. on the East Coast, Michigan, Wisconsin, whatever. Uh, I was writing a book, and it had to do with what they believed in their ghost stories. And I asked this medicine person, I said, so is there a God? Are there ghosts? Like, what are, what's the answer, that, according to you medicine people? Yeah, yeah. And he said this word, which I, I will pronounce terribly, which is like shamokta. It sounds like a Vulcan word or like something from <laughs> Star Trek. But the, the answer to the questions that we're looking for, are there ghosts? Are there, is, is there an afterlife? All of that stuff. The answer, if you translate it. Yeah is the purpose of life is to ask the question. So the answer is, if you're not asking, then you're not actually living. 
Now, most people will ask those questions, but they'll ask them on their deathbed. Right. And then did they ever really live? If no. that's the moment that they choose to start wondering about reality, yeah. like how much, how rich was your life if you never really thought, what was your life about? Mm -hmm. The answer is that you're, you don't get an answer. You're supposed to question. Mm -hmm. And so I've always found that really interesting too because in my life and in my friends' lives, like we talk about what is it going to be? And then I, in these conversations that we have, whether it's here during this podcast or at conventions or whatever, you will start to get into really intense conversations and you all love it. And you can see that all of you are loving mm -hmm. it. You can feel the energy. And you feel it. Yeah, and you, you realize that like, I'm alive. This is what I'm doing right now. Like we're all talking about fucking ghosts and fucking demons and weird stuff. Yeah. Like it's super yeah. awesome. And the majority of people don't ever get into those conversations. They think about it as they're laying in a hospice bed. Yeah. Yeah. And and four minutes before they cash out, they're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen now. Mm -hmm. Like, you should have talked to people more and shared their experience. I don't think these things can be qualified and quantified. No. But the fact that we sit around and talk to each other and we form relationships with each other about our similarly weird experiences, that's what makes us really alive. That's like a religion. You yeah. know, like that's the definition. Like that's yeah. what it should be. For sure. Well, yeah, but it, but it's actually enlightening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's not limiting anyone. It's not limiting. I mean, and you know, what you just said really hits home because I've, I've always felt that. I mean, especially I, I noticed like back in the day when Ghostly Talk started doing the conferences and we started going and we started really meeting people out there and started, you know, like you're saying, started riffing with people. You know, and Doug and I back in the day, the reason we started this whole show up was because him and I would get together and we would just we would ride around in his the death escort. Remember that, Bonnie? Oh my the god! The old piece of yes. shit death escort. That literally, <laughs> literally, he pulled up to my parents' house one day where we he, somehow we ended up at my parents' house. And he, oh, I remember he opened up the hatchback in that thing, and my dad's like, "You realize there's a hornet's nest in the back of your uh, your car?" <laughs> so we had to, you know, poor Doug's like, "I don't care." Whatever. I'm like, "That's a fucking hornet's nest." But anyways, we would drive around in that car. For hours, yeah, and just go nuts. Yeah, we would literally get we would get to such a fever in our conversations. Sometimes it was intense, man. It was more intense than any music that I mean. That's I mean, I always come back to music. Right. But it's like, and I mean, I can name off so much intense stuff that I've been, I've witnessed, and I own. Right. But I can never really equal that intensity that back in those days, like with me and Doug, of just us sitting and talking and talking. Just over openly, you know, yeah. Just openly, just I mean, no boundaries. Just let's just open it up. I mean, I don't. It wasn't always about ghosts. It wasn't always about that. Right. It's about life. It's about living. It's about experiencing things. So, but you know, in this in this arena, I felt that where you just. I mean, it's like electric. It's amazing, and all you're doing is talking. Yeah. All you're doing is just having a conversation, but it can literally get to a fever pitch, where I mean, him and I, I'm like, dude, this is too much. I gotta stop. And, but the <laughs> yeah, thing is, okay, break, so you know? so Scott and I are both musicians, and we 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 love to play music. And there there is a moment with music, and I feel like with with any creative process of whether it's writing or music yeah, or yeah, or even just being a, a kind of human. Mm -hmm. There's this creative process where, as a musician, yeah. I have been alone, where all of a sudden a song has come to me, and yeah. I get really fucking stoked. On with this riff and you that got, I came and you up with, document right? It. And you I got to get it down because I don't know where it came from, but it just fucking this this fucking hits all the notes perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and there's times with bands when you're all just jamming, 
and everyone gets on the same fucking wavelength, you right? Hit, you hit and that, it's yeah. fucking awesome. And yeah. when you're done, you're like, God, what the fuck? That was awesome. Yeah. And, and, you, and So there are these moments throughout our lives. When I'm writing stuff at home, when I'm laying in bed and I start writing something down and I look at it and I go, Oh, that's fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, where the fuck did that come from? Or even when I'm in a bar with someone and some snarky fucking person will say something to me and without thinking the words in my head, I come back with a fucking insult that just destroys them, right? And there's a moment where I'm like, well, that was fucking awesome, (laughs) None of us know why that happens. No. And that's as fucking weird and as cool as mm-hmm. seeing a ghost. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Like when those moments, when those moments just happen, when they just, uh, when they just happen. Yeah. Well, the, and just that intensity, like you feel it in your gut, you feel it in your mind, you feel it in your chest. That's what I'm talking about too. Like you, you, you can't explain it. Like why am I getting so excited? Why? I mean, and it's like a good thing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a wonderful thing. But I've said that. I've stopped myself and these like like I was talking about me and Doug back in the day and I'd be like dude look at this is insane what are we doing but it's great let's keep going yeah. let's go all damn night I don't care let's just keep ranting and jumping up and down and just go from topic to topic it don't matter where we go there's no boundaries let's riff and yeah. we're just talking right and it's the same thing like you know it's the same idea I mean it is the same thing as music because you get musicians who will do that well they'll, they'll just go I know guys have, have done that like we're gonna play all weekend yeah. like, what do you mean you're gonna play all weekend we're gonna start playing Friday night and we're gonna put on a recorder and we're just gonna play and we're just gonna record everything all weekend we're just gonna riff all weekend and just see what happens here but right? it happens it happens in so many like I was saying like whether it's writing something or saying something yeah, snarky yeah. It happens in so many aspects of our world where, you know, so I try and speak. A lot of times people get mad at me because I speak really fast. And I try and speak fast so that I don't limit myself because if I start to think about what I'm saying, then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. I get in front of myself and then I stop myself because I don't want to sound too weird. Yeah. Whatever. But there are things where you do something, we call it instinctively, but you do something instinctively. and, And it was the weirdest thing that ever happens. And you're like, why did I just fucking do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you you see, I've gotten into I've gotten into fucked up relationships <laughs> where I'm like, I just need to hang out with this person more. And whether and it happens in a moment where I make a decision that radically alters my thinking, whether it's music, snarkiness, writing, uh, anything that we do. Where does that come from? Where does that inspiration come from? Now, I know mm-hmm. scientists and, and, and material scientists and mechanized atheists will say, oh, it's all just, you know, the synapses firing and the microtubules in your brain and the back part of your brain and whatever. Yeah. But they they honestly don't know. I mean, consciousness itself is, is called the hard problem to consciousness researchers because they can't figure out why we even know that we're knowing things. Right. Right, so no one can figure out why that happens, mm-hmm. and yet there seem to be synchronicities, coincidences, and, and moments of inspiration. Yeah, that just burst forth from nowhere. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, how do you those, explain? Uh, yeah. Those are as weird as seeing a fully formed apparition. In oh front yeah, of you. yeah. Well, the, it was interesting because the last show we did was Bill Konkoleski was here. Yeah, and he comes in. And he's, he's really distracted. He sits down right there, and he's looking all around the place, and all of a sudden he's transfixed on something. And I'm like, Bill, what are you looking at? And he's looking over there at those those blue mm-hmm. van seats. Yeah. 
And he's like, I just had a synchronistic event. Okay. So when we start the show, I'm like, okay, tell what the heck's going on. Yeah, what's up? Man? And he explains that his wife that day, something, I forget exactly she what had he said. gotten new chairs. Yeah, new chairs. Yeah. Or they had been reupholstered. Yeah. So I he, don't know. he went to go send <laughs> something. It was something like that. So she like so he looked, he was going through the emoji cons or whatever, and he found what it, which I think is actually airplane seat, which I call it. Um, he found this emoji con that looked exactly like those chairs, and like for some reason when he sat down here and he looked at those chairs, it was like the symbol for his entire day, and then coming here, and then to top it all off, he tells us this crazy story about a guy. We were like, well, what's the weirdest thing you have to deal with with the UFO stuff? And he's like. I had this guy who's like, I got UFO photos. Come see him. So he sets up a meeting place, and the guy shows him the that photos. Like a woman to me. Whatever. I got UFO. What doesn't matter? It's a, that's a woman. These shut are up, the Scott. That's a creepy UFO woman. <laughs> oh, Just shut the I fuck got up. UFO photos. <laughs> Valley girl. Come look at him. So anyway, he shows the photos, and they're pictures of wood grain. And Love he's like, you too. Do you see the UFOs in there? Do you see the aliens in there? They're in the wood grain. He does flooring for a living. That guy emailed him after so- the show. After the show, only like two days later. Are we supposed to be later. talking about this? Yeah, no, no, no. He, did, he doesn't listen to the show. So, and Bill said that too. He's like, there's no way yeah. he could have heard the show. Right. There's no way. He, didn't, he hadn't posted or anything. Yeah. And the guy all of a sudden, after five years, emails him out of nowhere. Yeah. And says, I got more aliens for you to look at. What? Yeah, I love when you do it's, other it's, people's do you like so do It I, makes I like my it heart too. melt. Thank you. I like it. Thank you. Those, go ahead. I, I was going to say, so, I mean... It's weird, right? Because people will tell me, um, capital S skeptics, right? So the new skeptics. Uh, skepticism, historically, is, are people who challenge their own belief systems until they can find something they can resolve with inside themselves. Mm-hmm. New skeptics are like, I'm challenging your belief system oh, yeah. and I'll change you to mine. That's exactly. not really what it's supposed to be Bullshit. as skepticism. But, Bullshit. Yeah. you know, there are these moments where th- certain things happen there's no explanation for it whatsoever uh i i tell lectures all the time when i first moved into my house i pulled this old f- fucking gray brown target plastic bin out of my attic and i was moving it to my new attic yeah. <laughs> and i and, and i saw my uh, high school yearbook from when i was a teenager f- freshman year and my my best friend scott kennell had signed in it like we'll be friends forever scott kennell right? <laughs> and, and i thought to my shucks. and i thought and i thought to myself yeah that was 20 years ago i wonder what happened to him i wonder <laughs> if he's dead so like i'll look him up on the internet because we have that possibility to do now right right so i made a mental note like contacts look up like stalk yeah. stalk stalk <laughs> scott kennell on on google and facebook and see if he still exists and about three hours later, before I had done it, I went to the grocery store to buy groceries. I just moved into a house. I didn't have anything in my refrigerator. And I'm paying for my groceries. And there's a guy behind me at the grocery store looking at me. And I go, Scott? And Shut he, up. And he goes, John Tenney. He goes, what's been going on? And I was like, <laughs> well. That's fucked. Like, yeah. how is that not interconnected? Right. Yeah. Right? Exactly. How does that not have something to do with what you're well, you're doing? Exactly. So that brings us to a good question that we had put on our notes. So, like, you've <laughs> we, been doing this. I wouldn't know. I don't have I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't have, have any notes no, you, either. You, you, so, so fuck so you guys. Scott had written that you've been doing this. You three, your three decades of existence of exploring the paranormal. 27, maybe, 27, years at the most. Okay, give or take three. Um, <laughs> nearly, I put. There, nearly. There's got to be a story that really sticks with you. That just sort of like 
stupid. Well, well I meant like, I meant more on yeah. a I meant more on a mental level. Like, you know, there's I think when I was writing notes down this week, um what I was getting at was I think we've all seen something. We've all heard stuff, right? We may have even felt stuff, right? But have you ever had anything? I mean, because twenty-seven years is a long time yeah, to be exploring but here's this the thing, stuff. But here's the thing, and I tell this to people all the time. Yeah. What? No matter what you are going to say. Yeah. When people ask me what's the scariest, what's the weirdest, what's the most impactful? Right. Okay. All right. Which you probably it's, get all the time. It's the most recent because I know oh. as a as a as a human being, I know that my fucking brain is wonky. It I will know that fail. My, it will I, fail you. I know that my memory is terrible, and so the most recent thing. So the most recent thing uh, for me was this week. I woke up one morning and I had uh, this song in my head, which is uh, it's this song from the 1920s called "It's Only a Paper Moon." And it's only a paper, a paper moon, moon underneath the cardboard tree. tree. Yeah, it, it would be make believe if you believed in me. <laughs> right, right. So I, I yes. woke, I woke up with that in my head. <laughs> I woke up there in my head for some reason, whatever reason. Yeah. The universe is strange. I don't know why I woke up with that. And so I went and got my acoustic guitar, and I went online, and I typed only a paper moon chords. Yeah. And yeah. I found AZ chords, right? And I was like, oh, it's just a fucking G, C, D progression. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. And so I learned it, and I played it a couple times, and I was like, okay, now I know it. This weird song from song. the 1920s, right? Five hours later, uh-huh. Dustin Perry... On Twitter says, I'm signing off of Twitter for the rest of the night. Here's Nat King Cole saying it's only a paper moon. Ah, and see, I know it from Natalie King Cole. That's what I grew up with her version singing her dad's version. Now, why is my bromance man, Dustin Perry, posting that song randomly on the day that I woke up to learn that? Yeah. Like, that's fucking weird. And that's the most recent thing, so it's fucking I, weird. I, think, I mean, I've laid in... Sure, I've, I fell through a coffin once in 90. I went and uh, watched... What? The, what? That was bad. What? I was in a cemetery. You should always tell what? people you're going to be in a cemetery. I, I was walking through a cemetery, and this is 92. I was walking, and I heard, like, wood snap under my feet. So I thought I had stepped forward onto an old coffin in a cemetery. So I very carefully stepped backwards. But what I had heard was the wood releasing as I stepped off of it because it was behind me. So then when I stepped back, I put all of my weight on my foot so I wouldn't crash through what was in front of me. But by putting my weight on my back foot, I put all my weight on my back foot and crashed through what was behind me, which was the coffin. So then you're laying in a coffin at... 23 years old and you're like I've made fucking wrong life choices (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't be fucking doing this wait was there a body in it I mean were you not anymore it was old so I mean there was clothes (gasps) and dust and dirt and bone bone chips why was it dug up it was in in Alcona County Michigan so in the northern Michigan area and it was an old cemetery. So, so it's just ha- people digging it up. The earth they're was bored. probably... They're bored yeah, in the Yeah, so UP what has happened is, is this, that, ceme- that cemetery, actually, if people drive US 23, they'll see that it's a cemetery that's built kind of on the side of a hill. We had mm-hmm. to have seen it. We had to have seen it last summer. And, and so the, no, the, the earth has... The, oh. The earth has worn away over right. the years. So it's not six feet I was going to say, the earth, a, yeah, the earth is worn away. Yeah, it's not yeah, that far. And, yeah. Yeah. But I mean... That's the thing, like, that there's weird stuff like that that happens, but now it's a memory, and it's a story that I tell to you on this podcast. I don't know how much of it I'm really confabulating or, or making real, and so no matter how weird the story is, like, the, the thing that's most new is mm-hmm. most weird to me, because I know I, I'm not making too much of it up. 
Um, yeah, we were just smoking. Yeah, we were all out of hanging. We took an official ghostly talk break. It yeah. happens. Yeah, I mean, typically nowadays... See, back in the day, it was, like, daunting. If you remember, Bonnie, and you remember, too, Oh, Amber, I remember yeah. it well. We do these three-hour gauntlets. Was it four yeah, or three? It was three, three. hours. We do these three-hour the gauntlets. Three. Um, so, yeah, we I think we've been kind of just, like, riffing with, like, an hour, hour and a half, whatever. But we've been going until we're tired of talking as, or until I laugh and melt down. Yeah, 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 <laughs> really. That's, that, a couple of shows have ended that way. But, as I expected... This got into a fever pitch where I knew we had to stop at a certain point here, like take a break. Um, but we're back. We wanted to come back and do more. I'm really excited. I'm glad we could just we can just keep going with this thing. So we're back doing another part we're two. Part two. I like podcasts now. where people just talk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there isn't a lot. Back in the day, I mean, we had a lot of production. It was more structured. It was very structured. We had all this production. However, we did just talk. We did just talk, but there was, you know, there was a schedule. But there was, was interviews rigid, and segments. Yeah. And... But there's something nowadays, at least for me, maybe it's because I'm older, but I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I don't even know if I'm listening to them. Oh, you guys are so sexy. <laughs> I'm so Bonnie's glad we don't do video shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, we don't need a webcam. But there's this thing where I do, at least at, at this point in my life, where I, I take podcasts that I like and I play them. So and, not this one. And they're just, no, I do. <laughs> and I put it on in the background because I live by myself. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it sounds like my friends are in my house with Yay! me. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so oh. I just let it play. And then every now and then, I'll, as I'm walking through, I'll go like, oh, what are they talking about? <laughs> and then I listen to it for a little bit. And then I go back. And I can listen to it four or five times mm-hmm. because I'm just letting it. Get, you're getting. Right. I know. Right it's right. just part of the. It's okay. It the happens. terror of the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Starring listen, Christopher anybody Lee. Anybody listening, if you. Yeah. Anybody. <laughs> Anybody listening, if they hear these dongs, it's unfortunately the table and the microphones. And if we bump we're, them, they make this sound. As I've we're said not before, perfect. We're putting our, we're still kind of putting our toes in yeah, the water it's here. Fine. I may you invest get little in, our, in Asian our really dongs. Wait, that, oh, that didn't sound right. Oh, Jeez, sound, I may, I, no, that didn't sound right. Shut up, Amber. I may invest They're in a heavier game. They're relatively small. Oh, I, oh small dongs? Oh, Is that what you're into? That's, no, uh, I'm I didn't not. Mean it to go that way, <laughs> and they're not yeah. into me either. But uh, yeah. bumps. Uh, I'm going to invest wow, wow, wow. in a heavier gauge table where we won't be experiencing that phenomena. Hopefully, down the road here, we're, we're still getting our dampen the sound. Whatever. No, but yeah, we got we got to that point. We like we, we you know we wanted to stop for a second, so we're back. We're doing this now. We were actually chatting out on the patio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, were, we we spent a while out there just talking about stuff, and we were getting into EVPs. Well, you were talking about EVPs. Yeah. Uh, Queen Mary, we were talking about your experience on the Queen Mary. You let us hear that, which was a fascinating uh, piece of audio. Yeah. Um, I guess you know what I want to come at this from. You know, EVP, and we all said that out on the on the patio. Like EVP is still one of those things that just, I think, like spirit photography, you know, photography for me. I still think it's fascinating, but it's something no, that I it's really so easily faked. Well, that too, but it's just something that I just kind of just moved away from. I guess I moved more towards. I'm interested in audio more. I think just naturally, I just I like music and stuff like that. So I'm naturally going to play with audio, right? Right. Um, so EVP has always been something that stuck with me. So whenever I, you know. You know, hey, I got this photo to show you. I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. You know, whatever. Oh, it's a nice orb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta go. You know, uh, but when somebody shows, like, you know, lets me hear an EVP. Now, there's some I've heard that I'm like, okay, dude, that's somebody just spoke into the damn recorder. Right. Okay, I can tell that stuff. But there are some 
that really don't make sense. I mean, and that's all I can say. They're anomalous. You so know? the thing that interests yeah. me about EVPs, right, is that so it it all starts, you know, sixty or seventy years ago with guys on reel to reel tapes, mm-hmm. and they're they're you know whether it be Constantine uh, Radiv mm-hmm. or yeah. you know all those guys. And I was thinking, there's a point, at least for me, in probably my early 20s, where I was really invested in it, and I was like, okay, this is a magnetic medium, it's analog tape, Mm -hmm. so it's recording electromagnetic fluxes. There seems to be something in the electromagnetic spectrum that maybe voices are a wave and they're an energetic form, so they can be imprinted on the tape. But then digital recording came around, and people were like, oh, it works here. We're going to start using digital recorders. Yeah. And it seemed to work the same way, but analog recording and digital recording are completely different monsters. Like, analog recording is a wave sound onto a magnetic medium, and digital recording is a wave sound being transposed into a computer sound, into a digitized sound, and in then... In blocks. And, in blocks, right. Mm-hmm. In in these weird square steps up. Yep. Instead of a, a perfectly smooth sine wave or yeah. curve, you get these weird steps. So what digital recorders and analog recorders are doing seem to be the same, but it's a completely separate process. So why is it still working if it's a different well, thing? And that, that's... I we were, that's Okay, so when we were on our break, I was saying... <laughs> EVP still fascinates me. When someone, so John played us an EVP that they got on the Queen Mary where he was at an event this this past weekend, or two weekends ago, was it yep. already? And they get this clear voice over John saying, hello. And it, it, to me, that is so eerie. And so like when you mentioned Raw Deev and like people like Frederick Jurgensen who are just out there doing these recordings back in like what, the 60s, 50s, around yeah. that time. And they're just recording. Like, Jurgensen, I think, was the guy that was recording bird, bird sounds. Bird sounds, yeah. And so he's like, wait, I'm hearing my mom, like, say something to me or his family. And he's like, this is weird. So he's not even coming at it from a paranormal perspective. And he starts hearing these voices. That's what I think is interesting about the concept of EVP is that the people that were introducing it and got involved in it didn't even come at it from a ghost, ghostly perspective that, hey, these voices, these anomalous voices, whether they're the dead or something else from, like, okay, let's put in physics and it's something from another dimension or well, whatever's and, and coming, you going listen, on here. And if you listen to, if you read the books by uh, Rodive, uh, Voice of From Space, yep. or, or, or all, all his breakthrough, yep. the, um, those, the way that he was recording EVPs, they were coming in, they were multilinguistic. So you were getting EVPs that were in French, yep. German, and English, which is something it seems like a lot of like English, like current ghost current hunters ghost don't hunters ever seem don't to get ever any seem foreign to get it because yeah. they've never read that yep. book. Yep, because they've never read the yep. origins of EVP. Yep. And even Rodiv says sometimes they're backwards, sometimes they're too fast, sometimes they're too slow, but they're not speaking the way that we yeah. speak. And and because no one ever read the books, they didn't know how it was supposed to work. Yeah. And so now it's working the way that people expect it to work. Like, so then there's, then that, that's a completely separate thing that what's happening. So if you have some EVPs that sound just like human voices, some EVPs that speak in, in multi-languages, some EVPs that speak only in English perfectly, some that are fast, some that are slow, some that are on analog, some that are on digital, that alone is seven different things that are fucking happening. Yep. And people are like, oh, it's all one thing. Maybe it's seven different fucking things that are happening. Exactly. Did you get a date call? Is that what happened, Bonnie? What? What's oh, going on there? It's on your phone. We gotta set. We gotta. We gotta set this email up. Um, did you see now, a? Did you see a grease shaft? There's like that one thing. You? 
there's one thing I want to mention. So John Tenney, while we have him on here, of course, yeah. you can go to Amazon and you can type John Tenney. And you can find all kinds of fabulous little books that he has put out on Amazon. Is it only on Amazon? That is. Okay. And you can be a creepy stalker you like can Amber. Be a, you can be a creepy, if you want to learn how to be a creepy stalker like me. I would have given like you all me. of those for free. Oh, no. No, I'm going to pay. I'm going to promote. <laughs> no. No. Because I like to help anybody that I like that's out there doing the cool things out there. I want to help support them. So, like, we have, like, one book called Nonsense and Ramblings. This is a two-in-one deal. All of a sudden, I'm a bad guy. And... Parking for International Departures. Stay left. And these are rants, ravings, thoughts, ideas, and words. This is his poetry book. It almost looks like haiku, half of it. And it's just like, I seriously read this in a day, just the other day. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is like, some of it's deep, where some some of of it's just like, huh? It's weird because- It's fun. So a lot of that I wrote, it's poetry, and a lot of it I wrote- Starting in high school and going up to probably 30 years old. Are you kidding? It's that span of time? Yeah. So it's from 15 to 30. So I could tell that. So when reading the intro to this, you were saying like some of this is about women. And and some of it's misspelled. Yeah. I, I kept all but of I the like misspellings that. and I like everything that. intact. Cause, okay. I'm an English major. Poetry can be flexible and interesting and it can be made to break the rules. That's what's cool about it. So like, yeah, you read stuff here and it doesn't make twi- like typical English grammar sense doesn't matter because it's John Tenney. So here, let me give you an example okay. out of this. So this, so I had I had these ideas, right? We all do when we're in high school and we start writing poetry. And I think most of us do. Well, some of us do. We write poetry when we're in love. Do you ever write, did you write poetry when you were in love, Amber? No. No? <laughs> I think I wrote an anger letter once. I was Scott, like, did you yeah. write poetry when you were in Fuck love yeah. with women and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, men. Yeah, I did. You a did? little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Why is it the guys are writing poetry and the girls are I like, don't know. I wrote him a fucking letter saying I was going to rip like, his fucking dick off. Screw you for breaking up with me. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> so. Jenny, so Tenny's going to read his love poetry now. I could. I'm I mean, so excited. I, so, so, no, so like I can. What's interesting to me is I know exactly who I was talking about when I wrote this. So like, there's an untitled poem. This is what I love because I always want. I, like as I was reading it, I was like, "Who is he talking about? I wonder right. what's so, going on here." Oh yeah. So this was a girl that I was. This poem, little one, is is about a girl that I was dating when I was a junior. Okay. And it's just the actual happenings of the day of when I was dating this girl. And so the poem is: I found a note on the floor today. It reads. No matter what happens, I'll always love you. Now, there's something really visceral about that as a kid, right? Mm. Like when a girl or a boy that you're dating sends you a letter that says, no matter what happens, I'll always love you. Mm. And I think it's funny when parents say like, oh, you're you're in love with this person. You'll never remember them 10 years from now. It'll just be gone, mm. right? When you fall in love with someone in high school or junior high, I think that's the realest you'll ever be in love with someone. I'd agree. It's the most visceral. Mm -hmm. Your whole body is overtaken by that person, right? As you get older, it gets more fucking jaded and (laughs) shitty, and you're like, fuck that person, and I'm not going to open up those walls. When you're young and you fall in love with someone. There it is. John Tenney's talking my life right now. But it's true, (laughs) right? It's very true. And and so I think it's it's kind of nonsense um, when, when parents say... So, how and they are, they're kind of visceral. Um, yeah, when I write this, so uh, and this this actually applies to my everyday life still to this day. And I wrote it when I was 16. I'm a nice person to visit, but you wouldn't want to live me. Ooh, I oh. like that. I like that. That applies to so many things, right? 
Like, like people that. are like, you're such a fun guy. Yeah, you're so right? awesome. You're so you have such a good life. life. Yeah, but you don't want to fucking live that. Right. No. You want to live what you think. There's another poem in here, I don't even have to look at it, that says, no matter um, when you tell me I'm the most important thing to you in your life, you're making me out more than I am, which means you don't love who I am. Ooh, I like that. Wow. I like that. I know, yeah. I had a lot of fun reading, like, all, I mean, seriously, this whole little book is filled with just these little, small snippets like this that make you stop and wonder, like, you think about other things, like, poetry, like any good English is going to make you, you you're going to apply it to your own life, because that's mm, what literature naturally. is, you know, whatever, but, like, then you sort of wonder about the author, what was going on in his world, what was going on in his mind at that time, so, yes, I recommend And rarely anyone. do you my, get my, to ask them. My favorite poetry, poem in this whole book was, I was... 18 when I wrote this. It was right before I died. It was right before I had a heart attack. That's right. You had a heart attack. Um, But there was something about the removal of words and the removal of emotion that made sense to me. So I wrote down this line just sitting at a big boy. High class, yeah, big right. boy. Mm-hmm. That's where we wrote all of our greatest poetry back in the day, though. Yeah, that for sure. That's what, yeah, that was the thing. Like, I was, I, I'd be at the late night diner, and I had, I, away. I had just broken up with this girl that I had dated for two years, mm-hmm. and I knew that she was dating someone else. And so I wrote down on a piece of I, oh, it's the fucking worst, right? Ugh, anger. And so I wrote down on a piece of paper. I remember doing this. I can see the notebook that I wrote this in. It's so crazy how how visceral it is. I wrote. Someone is touching you now. Because I knew that someone was. Mm-hmm. And as I looked at that, the next line underneath that someone is touching you now, I wrote someone. I wrote the exact same line minus a word because the emotion's being taken away, and so I should take away a word. Ooh. And so the next line was someone is touching you. And then I took away the next word, someone is touching. And then someone is, and I knew it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. So you take more away, someone, which is important. Oh, mm-hmm. I like that. So then you take away someone is a compound <laughs> word, right? Some. Ooh. Then you can break some into two words. So me. Mm-hmm. And I, it, and there was just this moment where it was like all of that made fucking sense, whether it does now or not. Like. You can take this really, like, heartfelt ripping apart, and then as you tear it down, you realize you just get back to yourself okay. again. Okay, so yep. everyone needs yep. to go buy this, because next month, April, is National <laughs> Poetry Month, so it's National John Tenney Month, so go buy the book on Amazon, because they're not expensive. I want to talk more about the Trump book. So, I want to go, okay, let's move on to the Trump book. So, um, a little, like, it's maybe, super dirty. like, last, yeah, <laughs> last, like, mm, I don't know, when did you put this out? Like, midnight. 2016 or he had announced he was running for president okay so then all of a sudden this book starts circumventing the internet called donald trump ghost hunter and i'm like what what is this okay this is fun okay this is clearly john tenney's stamp all over it it's his it's his artwork you have a style to your graphic design and even though he writes under what's is is, joey helena okay so he's got a pen name let me tell you something really quick about joey okay so joey helena has written two books now Nice way to go. That yep. was me. That was my, that was my Terror of the Tongs. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Joey Helena, the, the pen name that I write under, he has two books now. It's the Trump book, Trump Ghost Hunter. And Come At Me Ghost. And Come At Me yes. Ghost. Right. Hot, the Extreme Guide to go- Fighting that. Ghosts and Demons and Getting Rich on TV. <laughs> Come At Me Ghost. <laughs> yes. Um, now, Joey Helena is just an anagram of John E. L. Tenney. <gasps> it's all just, it's just my letters mixed oh up. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. But. What? My brain just exploded. Amber, it's okay. It's okay. okay. But the thing with what's crazy is, so I wrote Come At Me Ghost, his first book, and a radio show said, you know who Joe, you wrote the introduction to Joey Hellenin's book. Can we interview Joey? Can you put us in touch with him? Sure. (laughs) And I said, absolutely. I'm on it. And then I was like, how am I going to do this? Because like, they're going to know my voice if I do this. So I have friends that are comedians. So I had my friend Joel read the book and I gave them his phone number. And there were a huge amount of people on the internet convinced that I was my pen name character, that I was Joey Hellenant. Yeah. And so there was this interview and people were like, we don't know how Tenny's going to do this, whatever, whatever. So the interview goes on. My friend Joel calls in as Joey Hellenant and is doing the interview. And then during the interview, I called in. And so then Joey and I got in a fight on the air. And people were like, holy shit, that's not fucking John Tenney. Like, John Tenney is is fighting with the author of that book. So people think that this guy is real. Uh, He is not real. (laughs) Which, if our fans of Ghostly Talk listen, they're going to learn. If you read that, Bonnie, there are some dirty parts of of Donald Trump hunting Find dirty Dirty. and read. Find dirty. That's your mission right now. Do you want to read about? Do you want to read about when he was having sex with the Mexican children to catch the chupacabra? I don't. What? what, what, I don't really want to think about Donald Trump having sex. No, but you don't. But see, here's the thing, which which is okay. So this is what's great. Why why, why I wanted to pull this book out because the Trump, (laughs) the Trump terror, the Trump administration came down on Mr. Joey Helnet. And wanted this book pulled because this was going to somehow stop Donald Trump from being president. So I wrote wrote that book and I put it on Amazon. And when Trump got the nomination for the Republican candidate, I got a letter from Amazon saying that they were going to pull the book. And that they they couldn't have it on Amazon I saw all of it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And then they blocked, because I made a fake Twitter account for it. They Mm -hmm. blocked the Twitter account. And they don't block his Twitter account. And it's just ridiculous that, that that they were that scared about this, yeah, this twenty six twenty six page yeah, book twenty six thin page I mean very thin and can, all it really is is yeah. it's his speeches and, and I've taken out Mexicans and replaced the word Mexicans with ghosts brilliant <laughs> and then also I also want I am proud to say that I paid six dollars and sixty six cents for this book on Amazon good job Amber great price point you could have gotten it for free I'm so no, proud no, John, of you no. No. Yes. Because all yes. local authors need to be supported in some fashion. I don't care what Which you're is doing, why I what medium. Every single one of your yes, books. Yes. Thank dear. you. And I appreciate it because I'm horrible at pitching my own stuff. So whenever any of my oh, friends, I'll, I'll pimp you out. Mm, whenever my, whenever any of my other friends are like why writing is, books or doing whatever, why is it that we have such problems doing that? No, I I can't. It's just like you said, like like okay. So we were saying earlier, like you have to have some amount of ego to get on stage and do something. Yeah. Um. Like. No, like, it's very hard. Like, I can get up there and I can put on this great presentation and talk about Michigan haunts and hauntings and things because I like entertaining people and I like telling them these stories and I like sharing what I know. But then when it comes to the end, when my grandma always emphasizes, well, you need to tell them about your books and how to buy them. She doesn't sound like an old Jewish I lady. I love your grandma. never sounded like that. That's just, yeah. So I do voices. Everyone that listens knows that. But so grandma like tells me. Bunker. Who's Edith Bunker? Oh, Shut oh, your pie hole! Oh my god! Shit, I just got in trouble. She's just a baby. I'm what? I'm a baby, I guess. What? Who's? who's She's a baby. Oh, just keep going. Just keep okay, going. So anyway, I'm Forget gonna keep about using it. my voices. You gotta keep. You gotta sell your books. You wrote them. You gotta. John. That was John. That was not me. That was John. So oh my god, anyway, my grandma. 
My, go, and go, my go. point is, is that I have a hard time selling my own book. I have a hard time at the end of my presentation going, if you like what you heard today, you can buy my book for nineteen ninety nine over at the table by the I side. I think that applies to anything that you do it's, personally, though, because I have a really hard time charging people for massage. Well, yeah. A it's a really it, yes. hard time. Yes. But it's, it's, it's very friend or so not. it's something that comes naturally to us. Like, it's yeah. hard to say, yes. I want money for that. Yeah. Because I could tell you right? these stories. Right. I could yeah. tell you my presentation stories at any time. Give me a few drinks, and I'm going to tell you my whole presentation because if you want to hear it. Even, but even at the old mill, how many people did I have line up for a fucking massage after I worked on Zaffin? <laughs> right. They were just well, like, I was working on one person and the next person. I mean, people I didn't even know. We're and, like, oh, I'm next. Oh, I'm next. Well, and, and even at the old mill, I so, can't tell people. It, oh, you yeah, owe it's me very for difficult. That. And then the old mill is a, a is a paranormal conference in Michigan, and and that's not something I get paid to do. I just go there and speak, and I sell books. But uh. even that, it was funny because remember how worked up I was. I was like, I want to do a good job. I want to entertain these people. Mm. I don't normally do paranormal conferences. I speak at public libraries. And then I remember Grant Wilson from Ghost Hunters comes up to me. And, like, you guys all said, oh, Amber's all nervous and weird and whatever. Shut her up, Grant. And he's like, you're going to do a great job. I I'm don't from believe Hunters. I said that. But... Whatever. It's just, well, whatever. It's just how it went. And so then <sighs> he's like, you're going to do a great job. And I'm like, okay, Grant, thanks. So I go out there and I do my thing and I kill it and whatever. I'm not nervous about speaking. I know I'm going to do a good job. And so, like, one of the guys that was hosting or doing the MC uh, from MPI, which was a local Michigan group, comes up and he's like why were you nervous you killed it and i'm like i know but i just want to do a good job i want to entertain well you're people. always your own worst critic so grant comes up to me at the end and he's like how'd you do and i'm like i did fine and he's like i knew it and i'm like thanks grant <laughs> but <laughs> so, i mean that was like that but was there's it. a thing to it right like i get yelled at all the time because i hate merch I like I my I know. my and you don't emphasize your merch table. I, I know this it. from being at events with you. I hate you. it. I no. hate bringing stuff. And to you sell. easily could sell things, but I no hate problem. It. Because what I'm most and always have been most fascinated about, and I know that a lot of people who do conventions are annoyed with it, which is strange to me because I love it so much. I love listening to people's weird stories. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so I know there's a lot of people who come to these events who are troubled by who the people who want to talk to them. Like, this fucking lady's going to tell me all her weird stories. I'm like, I want to hear that fucking lady's weird stories, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And so what's, what's, what's problematic is if you have a table that has 19 books, and people always say, why don't you bring your books? Why don't you bring more stuff? Why don't you bring whatever? If you have a wall in front of you of merchandise, you have a wall in front of you. Mm -hmm. And so people feel like they can't get to you. Right. Yeah. So if I just have one or two books and four or five T-shirts, people are like, oh, He's, he doesn't really care. I can talk to him about my fucking weird ghost or whatever that happened to me. And that's really what I want to hear. Mm. But that gets me in trouble with other people. I mean, I've, over the years, I've had a number of people say, you, how come you've never, how come you don't charge for photographs? Because I don't, I've never, oh, I've never, I've never charged mm, for a picture. I just, I just mm. sign it and give it away, right? Mm. Like, yeah, photographs, yeah. Mm. everybody who does anything knows this. You can get bulk 8 by 10 photographs yes. for about 2 cents a piece, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So, and then people sell them for 20, 30, 40, yes. 50. Dollars. And people and have higher. And yeah, and people have told me, "You make us look like assholes." Yeah. And I'm like, "No, you You look like an, look asshole. Like an asshole. You look like an yeah. asshole." Thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. Right? So, not me. I have to high five you mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because thank you. We so we were at like this convention Mid-South thing oh, uh, back in I'm, I'm, whatever, yeah, no details, year. whatever. 
I, oh, I go ahead. I don't give no, a shit. No, I'm going to say the name. <laughs> Brian Harnois. He was like, <laughs> he was the dude. <laughs> go, Amber. He go. was the dude run dude, whatever, mm-hmm. on, on Ghost Hunters for the first season. Fine. Yeah, He's showing up him. at, I, I don't, I seriously, if you made any, oh, Jesus, sorry. If you the made, terror. sorry. If you made any kind of, if you can make money off so doing whatever now. TV yeah. show you did or whatever, fine, do it. If you can do conventions, do it, fine. I don't see any harm in making money off that. But anyway, we were at this Mid South convention, and we were at this like pre Pizza Hut event, whatever. It was something oh, stupid. Oh, so man. this little, this is. I think I know that Pizza Hut. <laughs> oh, the story is. I've been to a Mid South. The story <laughs> is, is so like like a ten year old like Brian Harnois selling his like eight by ten glossies. Oh, yeah, this shit. And like oh, the story man. was, is that like this little kid came up to him and was like, "Will you sign my picture?" And he was like, "Well, you can buy my eight by ten glossy here." And it was like, no. Ten dollars or something? Dude, the fucking kid's ten. Little kids got ten dollars in their pockets. He is ten. That is bullshit. So, like, I I mean, I understand making a living off of it. Because, like, we've been to, like, we went to the Detroit Horror Con or something, like, a few years back. Yeah, Motor City Nightmares. You might have been up next month. John Tenney was there because we saw him and we were like, there's that John Tenney guy. And we didn't talk to him. And I'm going. And we should have. But there was, who was the guy I got the picture with? Oh. Candyman, Candyman. Oh, Tony Todd. Candyman. Tony Todd. Thank you. Yeah. So I got a photo with him. I don't care. I'm gonna pay for my photo with you. You're cool. You creep everyone yeah, out. Yeah, twenty bucks. Photo. He's like, yeah, yeah twenty bucks. Like, Whatever. Geez. Okay, here you go, it's brother. Fine, it's cool. Nice everyone guy. was freaked really cool out. Guy. It was great yeah. Facebook fodder. But um, if if you can go to an event and make twenty bucks off your damn photo because you were in a movie twenty years ago, work it. Work That's it. where I got my picture with Booger. Yeah, I mean Booger. Yeah, come on, okay. that was so billion years ago. I work did. it. I see nothing wrong with that. And some people will sit there and fault that and be like, blah, blah, blah. Especially if you're in the paranormal community. For some reason in the paranormal community, you can't make any money doing what you love doing. It's like shit upon. And I think that's bullshit. If I'm an ex, not necessarily an expert, like, because some people say there's no experts in the paranormal field. But people like, but, 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 people like Rosemary Ellen Guiley or other people who have explored the topic like to the end they've they got the rubber band stretched at the end they know a lot of shit and they're out there and they're speaking and whatever and they demand a certain speaking fee that is fine it's it's but like you can make money at doing this should you go into an investigation and charge not necessarily but there's a lot of paranormal groups that are out there making like they're doing the house history they're doing your genealogy they're they're doing all kinds of stuff out there that would cost you money to go to a traditional genealogist and do and for some reason because you're a ghost hunter you have to do this for free i'll support that i'll support that point to a certain with an example i i saw a documentary years ago and i mean it could be horse shit i don't know it was just a ufo documentary it was about a man who said that he worked at area 51 we've heard this a bunch of times right right? it was a it was a it was a discussion they were having with a guy his face was mudded out or whatever and they said well you know you're so big on getting the truth out there but you asked you wanted twelve thousand dollars for this interview they flat out said, like, you want 12 grand for this interview. What the hell is that all about? He's like, well, listen. He's like, well, listen, here's the thing, guys. Um, by doing what I'm doing right now, I've destroyed my career. I have right. no career anymore. This is all I can do. I have to live somehow. I have to do something. So I have to make money. I have to eat. I have to have a roof over my head. So what do you want me to do? I destroyed my career by by blowing the roof off this thing, basically. So I see that. I mean, if you're going to dedicate all your time to something, and write books and do the research and take the time. I understand that 100%. Like, you got to you, look, 
this is America. You, if you want to eat, you want to have a home. Capitalism. You got to make money. You got to make money to do that stuff. Totally understand that. But I think to a certain degree, there's just the other side of it where you have to be a human also, too. Well, right? yeah. You, you got to be a human. You can't you, like, go sure. into a home and be like, I'm going to do an investigation for you and it's going to cost $10,000. Yeah. I mean, and the, like, the thing is, everyone, yeah. everyone's different, too, right? Like, yeah. when people tell me, like, you're an asshole because you, you make us look like assholes, it's like, <laughs> no, listen, I have a, a much different life than you. I'm a single man. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. Yeah. My house, I, I, and this is not a secret, I bought my house when the market bottomed out mm. uh, in, two th- in 2008. Yeah. I bought my house for cash. I don't have a mortgage. This is how I can do this yep. for a living. Yeah. I need to pay my utilities and I need to feed myself and have some gas in my car. Yeah. And, and then maybe a little backup yep. in case there's some kind of medical And tragedy. you should do it yeah. by the way you know how to best do it. Which right. is by and speaking about what yeah. you know. And, and, and I understand that. But what... And, and it's one of those things. So I did this uh, convention in Chicago four years ago called C2E2. It's in Chicago. It's a pop culture convention or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And um, Chris Hemsworth was there. It was right before what? it was right before Thor came out. Aww. He had only ever done one thing before <gasps> Thor. Which wow. who's, your, who's your man crush? Breathe. Jesus Christ. Did you know do you know what he did before Thor? No. He he was Kirk's father in the reboot of Star Trek. Was he really? Yeah. So he's in the first like 30 seconds of that film. That's the only thing he had done and then Thor was coming wow. out in six months. Yeah. To get his autograph, it was it was two hundred eighty five dollars <gasps> for an autograph. That, no, that's out of control. That's insane. And that's I was like, stupid. "You're fucking ridiculous." That's stupid. Like you're you you made millions of dollars making yeah. this film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If anyone here should be giving away Extortion. photographs, it's yeah. you. Because that's the other thing too. People are spending money on gas to get to the event. They're yeah. paying for tickets to go to the event. Hotels, hotels to yeah. stay at the event. Food. Give them something for free. Give them a sticker. Yeah, well, that's, where them the human part com- that's where the human part comes from. And I'll tell you right now, I mean, I've... I, you know, it's a hobby of mine. I love to get next to musicians or people that I look up to. I think we all like to do that, right? Yeah. But I mean, I've done it probably a little bit more than I should have. <laughs> and I can't really remember, except for Ron Jeremy... That was why Ron Jeremy wanted money. That's a long story. Anyways, that's a whole that's a whole episode right there. Um, it's a long episode. <laughs> a long, ugly episode. Twisted, but you know, veiny you, but, okay. Here's an example. We go to you know, you go to a show. You go to any show, right? You go to somewhere to be entertained, right? Like let's, let's just I'll, I'll just put it in perspective. You go to a concert, you know, especially you go to something smaller like I go to. You go see a band play. You know, you've, if you haven't bought the record yet, you're probably gonna buy it when you get there. That's what I usually do, right? If I don't already have it, uh, maybe buy a T-shirt. Hang out at the club, pay my cover to get in there to make sure the band gets paid. They stay on the road, and then you know what? I go up there nine times out of ten. I go up there and shake their hands. Yeah, I may not get a picture. I may not even get an autograph. I usually don't. I like pictures, right? But if even if I get a handshake, I go there and hey man, look, love that shit. You guys are just murder man. Wow, just really wanted to tell you personally because you realize me. people are people. Yeah, and the, and they and you know there's always and there's always been like hey can I. Man, if I get a picture, is that cool, man? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, come here, dude. That's all right. You know, I've never had anybody. Honestly, I've never. I mean, maybe it's just because of the medium that I really like meet, like to meet celebrities in. What I would call a celebrity. Um, maybe it's a different scene. Like they don't really expect that. They just say, "Hey, dude, yeah, totally. I'd be honored to. Yeah, totally great." You know, I, I love photos too. Yeah, I think it is. It's it's this person thing. I love photos, but I for me, I love stories. And so I'll take a story over a photo a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, and and whether it's bands or, or a conversation, or, like or, something, or a conversation. A talk. Yeah, yeah, you know, like so. Uh, this is years ago, maybe 
nine to ten years ago, I was at a, con- a convention and I was in the green room, and Leonard Nimoy was there. Oh. And he was sitting talking to I'd his. Throw up! I throw up. He was man. talking to his agent. He wasn't. I was sitting at a table with a bunch of yeah. E-list like me celebrities. Right? We're just sitting around <laughs> eating chili and fucking crackers. Right? <laughs> and, and and I'm talking about ghosts, and they're all because they're Hollywood people. Yeah. They're all talking about like who's your agent, who's casting you, what are you working right. on now? And so when I started talking about ghosts, that gives them a, a reason to like get out of that world. And so now they're listening to a ghost story, and I realized that that he Leonard Nimoy was listening to me and then for me like growing up watching In Search of I was Dude. like oh fuck I'm like Leonard Nimoy yeah. is listening to me talk right? about ghosts like and I got real fucking excited yeah and then I got so excited that I like ended my story quickly and I got up and I was going back to my table and so I, I was walking past him and as I walked past him I kind of locked eyes with him and smiled and he looked at me and he Popped his eyebrow the way I will in photographs. Oh, he like, popped his eyebrow and he went, "Fascinating." Uh-oh. Oh, and I thought and to I myself, "It's all over. It. It's all but over." I and I, but I thought to myself, "But I thought to myself, how fucked up? How less is that story if oh. after I tell you, I go and then I asked him for a photograph? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the story is yeah perfect way better, way in better. what it needs yeah. to you be. You don't need any and, more than that. And the guy acknowledges. Yeah, and if people go, if people go, well, did you get a picture with him? It's like. No, no, I no. had a moment with him. I yeah. had I had a, the fraction of a second where human beings interacted at a kind of and weirdly and, deep yeah, level. And you, and, and you take away a story from that too. Yeah, that's what I love about that. You know, that's my thing. I you know whenever I tell people when we go to these little adventures, I mean, it's like you know, look, okay, so it was a fucked up weekend. You had a hard time. You got a great story to tell. Yeah, that's what really you take away that's what from it's stuff about. like that. I mean, I mean, whether it's good or bad, you can you have something cool on Monday when you're around the water cooler. I guess in my case, to tell somebody like. Oh, Oh my God, you got to check this shit out. When I when I do these events, whether it be at the Stanley or Mackinac or Queen Mary or whatever, there's always a person in the group who will, at the end of the weekend, find me and say, I didn't see a ghost this weekend. Like, and they're mad about it. Mm. And I have to explain... The that terror. Was terror. It was John. And I, have, and I have to explain to that person, I say, listen, and I've said this now a number of times over many years, I've said, listen... When you go back to work tomorrow on Monday and everyone is talking about the rerun of Big Bang Theory that they watched, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're going to talk about being on a a haunted ship with ghost hunters walking around in the cells where they kept prisoners in the 1930s. That's the fucking story. That's the fucking story. That's the story. Not that you saw a ghost. It's that you you win. You did something fucking crazy that no one ever does. that's the gist of everything. So like what we've always talked about like for years is that it's not like the it's the experience. So like Scott said like oh blah 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 you know this happened this happened but I got an experience. I'm not saying that Scott Gani giggles. Gani giggles. Gani giggles. Gani biggles. Gani biggles. Um, but no, every every ghost hunter, everybody out there, all you're left with, because we can't prove any of this stuff, we can't put it in a lab and run it through tests and say, oh yeah, here's a ghost, here, whatever, we can do it three times and prove to you. You're left with the experience. So anybody coming to a public haunt or vacation, like the Queen Mary or any of these events that are put on for the public, or your tiny little hometown cemetery jaunt or whatever, you're left with a personal experience that well, you can yeah. explain and share with people and say it is what it is. I'm not batshit crazy. This is what happened to me. And you got that story to tell for decades. Because we even like in our in our in our time investigating, people will always ask me, 
Oh my God! Well, how many times have you seen a ghost? What's what your you first seen? question? First yeah. question. Right. So I always tell people, I can count <clears throat> on both hands how many times I've seen something that I truly maybe can't explain, and we're talking yeah. like under my ten digits. Right. So like my my favorite example is to talk about when we were in Cape Cod, and we were off with um, this Derek guy that does the Cape Derek Cod Bartlett. ghost, yeah, Derek, Derek Bartlett, who does the ghost tours out there. And he takes us to this great New England Cape Cod cemetery with the Puritan headstones with the death head effigies and all this stuff. Like, Absolutely ugh! stunning looking. Like Beautiful. anything that any cemetery enthusiast loves, ugh, you're going nuts here. So he says, okay, every night or every time we're in here or sometimes when we're in here, we see these little blue orbs. I hate seeing blue balls because that's wrong. So we see these little blue orbs. God, I, made, I made Tenny laugh. So... <laughs> And we see these little blue orbs of light go through, like, the tombstones or the woods or whatever. So, of course, like, all good ghost hunters, we got our equipment out. We got everything out. And there's two groups. There's, like, one group over in one chunk of the cemetery and another group over in the other. Now, bless Tom Soul, R.I.P., our little yep. buddy Tom. Love you, Love Tom. You, Tom. Mr. Tom. Yep. He's still listening. Um, he was, thankfully, with the second group. So it was nice. I had, like, a good, like, trustworthy person out there with that one and all of a sudden we put all of our equipment away everything's gone the video everything audio it's gone we're all just sitting there left talking smoking cigarettes chatting in a cemetery at midnight on a clear full moon night in cape cod beautiful, beautiful. weather beautiful nice night. so <clears throat> we're out there then all of a sudden wouldn't you know it these little blue orbs of light start floating that was through crazy. the woods and the tombstones yeah. and we're like all we can do is go what and <laughs> what was cool that, what was that cool was, was that like our group saw it and then the second group that our buddy Tom was in came running towards us and they're like were you guys doing anything to create those blue orbs of light and we're like no were you guys doing something and they're like no and then Derek <laughs> I was like no and he was like yeah and he right? was like yeah and then Derek the whole time is going that's what I'm telling you that's what we see in the cemetery yeah, he that's was like it. so vindicated so, like dude yeah. I told you yes. guys he was like this is it this it, is it so yeah. To me, when I tell people, like, okay, what have you seen in your little ten digits? Bonnie's laughing at me. Um, I'm like little blue orbs of light in a New England cemetery that I can't explain. Dancing through the woods. That's not why I'm laughing. I don't know why, Bonnie, why are you laughing? We will discuss it all there. I had a woman. Go ahead, John. No, I I had a woman one time, and I think, I I don't remember what convention it was at, uh, but we were at a hotel, and it was after the event, um the first night of the event and so there were a bunch of us sitting around out in the like kind of outside area of the hotel and everybody's smoking and drinking and stuff like that and this woman says to me she goes i don't believe in any of this shit why are you and, here, and, and, and i said i said that's fine and she goes uh nothing weird ever happens to me mm-hmm. and and i go okay that's fine i go maybe someday and she goes nope i don't believe in any of it and i said okay that's fine too i go but you need to realize at a very deep level of, of your thinking, mm-hmm. you're surrounded by weird people. Mm-hmm. And you're able to get drunk and feel okay about being drunk and talk about weird shit and be surrounded by weirdos. Yeah. like. What an amazing thing. Maybe that's what it's supposed to mean. Maybe it's not supposed to be figuring out the end of the... Yeah. To me... It's it's, it's to be able to get together and let loose and be a fucking weirdo and be a strange person. And I love how you call everyone your weirdos. Yeah. Because we are all weirdos. We really are. favorite stories of ghost hunting have nothing to do with 
any experience. Yeah, you're not finding it's something, normally not proving anything. Stupidity that I do with oh, you, with me, with me, <laughs> like getting lost in the woods at Gettysburg, yes, going over with, boulders with in the middle of the night, going to look for ghosts, getting completely wrapped in picker bushes, and then getting yelled at, Doug, for going following strange yes. men in the woods. And those wouldn't have happened unless there was the idea of ghosts. Yes. Right? No, that would never. Have no, happened. that's the root because it. it started but, with. I got a place where there was a picture of dead people taken, and we're like, "Let's take us there." Sure. My my best friends, but honestly, my, I have very few. But my best friends, my bestest buddies in the whole world. Aww. The only reason that I know who they are, and the only reason they're my friends, is because at some point in human history, people started talking about ghosts. Mm-hmm. And that led me That's, to think about ghosts and yeah. talk about ghosts. That's and then the, I met those people only because of that, too. reason I know too. the people in this room. Yeah. Yep. It's, yep. it's, yeah. And, that, and, that's and really, why, why isn't that enough? Well, that's, and that's enough what's, for me. Well, that's what, yeah. you, that's what has us all sitting and here. And that's why right people now. are listening to the show. Because yeah. they have this camaraderie, this commonality. I think the way, it, the bottom line of it really is just, you know, it's kind of what this whole conversation is about, is, you know, I think we all really would like answers. Sure. We would love answers. We I'd love like to, I'd like to know everything. I mean, earlier we were talking about like, well, if I was a spirit, I wouldn't be sitting in a damn cemetery, right? Mm. I'd be, I mean, like, I'd be like, well, dude, okay, Kennedy, let's find out what the fuck happened to Kennedy first. I'd be like, I'd be going out and finding all that crazy shit out, right? That's me, right? Um, however, we don't have those answers. We don't know what happens after we we pass on like our physical body. We shed this, this shell, this dirty bag of water that we are right. Right. Um, we don't know that answer. However, there is this adventure we're on and that's what I call it. Yeah. It's an adventure that we're trying to find answers. And you know what? I've told people this and I'll say it right here on the show. I probably have said it on the show. I don't think in my lifetime that I'm ever going to say nailed it. Ha ha. Look at this shit guys. I can repeat this over and over in the lab. Over and over. I can do it over and over. This is how ghosts appear. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I've accepted that. I started out this adventure with the idea that, like I said earlier, like, okay, our mission statement, and this was me and Doug. This really was me and Doug back in the day. Say, our mission statement is we're going to prove, we want to prove the existence of the afterlife. Right. And it's, you know what? It's a, it's a good idea. Yeah. It's a it's, good you need goal. To start, you need to start somewhere. You know, um, you get realistic after, t- after time, I think, and I know I have. But I know we've preached this over and over again. Like, you got to enjoy the adventure, though, too. You can't mud yourself down with just trying to find answers, answers, answers. Because um, I think, especially with the... We are setting the bar so high on the answer that we want to get, I think is one of the, it's one of those great cosmic ideas that we don't... We might not just not find out. It's cool to, to, to strive. Maybe, maybe you might find something. Right? I, I, I look back through my life and I listen... I. I listen internally to the different ideas that people have given me, whether it has to do with the paranormal or not, just throughout life. Yeah. And then I try and apply them to my life. I mean, then my weird philosophy. I think we all do that to a certain sense. Years and years and years ago, when I was in high school, a friend of mine, and this is not a paranormal conversation, uh, we were talking about math classes because we were both terrible at math. Roger and I were both horrible. We could never figure math out. And I remember Roger saying to me, um, I, he, he we were taking algebra three four, and he goes he goes uh, uh I don't I'm not gonna ever figure this shit out, <laughs> <laughs> and I said you'll still graduate, and he was like I will he's like but I'm never gonna figure it out and I was like but you're still gonna graduate, and years later 
10 years later, I applied the exact same idea to researching paranormal phenomena. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to understand math. I'm going to die. I'll graduate. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an inevitable. <laughs> it's true. I'm yeah. going to get out of high school eventually, right? Whether I understand math or not. I mm-hmm. will I will leave high school one way or another. And I think about the paranormal that way. Like, I'm never going to understand it. I'm going to leave it eventually. Mm-hmm. One way or another, I will leave yeah. thinking about the paranormal, yeah. whether it's yeah. dropping my body or I get bored with it or whatever. But... Mm-hmm. You're never going to understand it, but you'll progress. You'll you'll move forward in some way, and that's inevitable. Well, I think you need to walk away. You know, well, I shouldn't say walk away from it, but I think you should take away things. And I've said this to people for years now. After all these years, all these years behind me, is it took me a lot of years of studying and trying to understand the afterlife to really understand physical life, real life that I'm in right now. I learned a lot about people. I've learned a lot about things around me as a result of trying to go, I shouldn't say, as a result of going on this quest. Yeah. Right. So I think people, that's that's what I say to people. I'm like, you know, you got goals. That's great. You know, you got to go for something that's totally cool, but you got to enjoy the whole thing, the whole ball of wax here. You shouldn't just be like, well, I, damn it, we didn't prove the existence of the afterlife this week. Well, fuck this shit. I quit. <laughs> That's just no way to live. Right. I mean, you, you keep working at it. Keep doing what you want to do. Um, and, you know, what you may do, I may not agree with. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of people out there doing things that I'm just like, I can't get behind that. I'm sorry. We have to agree to disagree. But you're doing something, and that's cool. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I, I've always shot down that idea from people who are like, well, they, they don't believe, um, sounds familiar, they don't believe what I believe, so they're fucked in the head and they need to go away and die somewhere. Well, no, that's just not how real life works, man. Right. We all kind of have different ideas. Um, thank God for that. Thank God. Thank God right? for that. So, I mean, I think bottom line is it's just, it's just this quest we're on, right? Um, and that's the real... I think beauty of this thing is just that is that you know the things you can get from that yeah and you're supposed to at least in my so my personal philosophy you're supposed to deal with and talk to people who are not like you like you're supposed to get new ideas from somewhere else Mm -hmm. yeah if you surround yourself with people who only think like you how fucking boring is that yeah it's tunnel vision all day long yeah I, I need someone to make me go that's fucked up so that i can think about it later and go oh that's not so fucked up <laughs> like at some mm-hmm. point it, it pushes you forward it makes you grow as mm-hmm. a person and well, if- well you have to surround yourself i think with with different types of people like that i know growing up myself i've said this about like my crew like my cronies i grew up with um and i watched what i did and i'm not saying it makes me any better than anybody but i kind of watched what a lot of those guys did um, they kind of just stayed in the same thing they were doing. They just like going to the bar on the weekends and going to their job during the week and, st- and hanging out with the same people they knew since they were kids. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I have friends from very early, early childhood that I still talk to and we're very friendly. Um, but I know I wanted more. Yeah. I wanted to go and I went to school and I went and I, you know, went and played music and I went out and got involved with the paranormal and I met all these you know, a lot of crazy. I don't say crazy. You can say crazy. You can say crazy. I met a lot of really wild, weird people, right? <laughs> so, and I remember coming back, and I remember I had a, I had a teacher in high school say that to me. They're like, "If you do things right, this is a teacher from high school, senior year." And I mean, I thought about this ever since then. He said, "You're going to leave high school, and you're going to go to college. Maybe you're going to go do things. If you go out in the world, you leave here and you go out in the world, and you're living life." 
whether you're going to college or not, but you're out there doing things, you may come back home to your old friends. He's like, it's very likely. You may come back home to your old friends and look at them, and most likely they haven't done anything new. And you're going to look at these people, and you're going to go, I can't identify with you anymore. I, I mean, it doesn't make you better. You're not better. It's just it makes you different, right? Right. When you get out there and get cultured and get rounded and you, you get different ideas in your head and your gray matter, right, um, it does change you, I think. Uh, so, yeah, why would you just... Yeah, be and my, I know a lot of people that are like myopic. that. They, they like, of course they are. They're comfortable. And, and that's your thing. That's cool. If you're comfortable just kind of staying in that one arena, I mean, more power to you. But you can't... Where people feel so feel safe well yeah and, and yeah it's just, i get the safe space is that what they call it now my safe well, space and people like in the paranormal like to think that their arena expands ultimately to the paranormal tv show so one of the things that we started this whole like podcast with was did one of the do, big did we, do... we did we did so i'm going to circumvent to the end here to the original question we kind of asked and then went totally like other places good was that <laughs> one of the Closure. questions Imagine so that. john john has been on tv shows such as his I'm, very own show, which was the last one was Ghost Stalkers. The one Ghost be- Stalkers. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one before that was I did a single episode of Paranormal State, which I quit. I walked off set on that. I don't blame you. Fucking really? Because he would steal your no, car. He's no, I, steal no, your I, car. I tell people. I tell. I tell that story. What? I can say I, I, that it's public. No, I tell that story. Yeah, right. uh, we were filming the first episode. We had signed contracts and stuff, and. I know they're not going to sue me, even though it says in the contracts, you know, you can be sued for a million dollars, whatever blah, you talk blah. about it. I don't, Tom had that not, too. I, don't, I don't have a million dollars. Good luck trying <laughs> yeah. to fucking get it, right? Here's you my can books. have my overheating Here's minivan, my right? You can yeah. have my overheating <laughs> minivan. Currently, <laughs> John's van please. is outside with the coolant yeah. leaking. Yeah, currently. Please, please take that fucking away from me. But we were filming the first episode. <laughs> we were filming the first episode, and the producer took me outside and said, I need you to tell these people that there's a demon in their house. Oh. And I was like, well, I guess I'm done. Like, I guess I don't need to be on television. Mm-mm, mm-mm, yeah. Mm-mm. And, um, you know, there were a lot of shows before that, but I did this thing, whether it was smart at the time, yes or no, I, I still haven't figured it out, even with perspective. But for years, I worked on shows. Because I had worked on Unsolved Mysteries, I had this huge wealth of, of cases that they had NBC had paid me to research. And so in 2001, when all of a sudden there were reality shows, they needed someone who was still mostly young and hip and so I was only 30 at the time and I had all these case files so what I did is instead of signing non-disclosure agreements with the networks I made them sign them with me so that if the show came out it was fucking terrible my name wouldn't be attached to it (laughs) brilliant brilliant So, so for years I worked on shows giving I mean if you ever wondered why paranormal reality shows how these groups knew to go to places and had the history behind those places it's because they were reading my file folders that I had collected from 10 years before nice and I would get paid for that, and I wouldn't have to have on-screen credit so that if it was terrible and there were some fucking one-hit, two shows, and then <laughs> fucking out that I yeah. didn't have to be associated with. But anyway, your question about working in television. So working in television. So you've had your own – you had a one season of your own show, which yep. was Ghost Stalkers. Yep. You've appeared on some other shows like uh, Lockdown and some others. So, okay, what we had prepared in our notes yes. is that – Scott was wondering what your take is on these shows. And this is not meant to start a debate. Yes, it is. But I am no. curious as to your <laughs> no, view. Let the fuck? He's, let me, can you let me? Shush, shush. He's curious on your view um, from being on the other side of the camera. Because, of course, we were, we were talking about this earlier before we even did the show. Like, Ghostly Talk has always been sort of like 
kind of not speaking against, but a little bit like. Oh no, we spoke against look, a look, lot of a lot of paranormal you know, shows. Sure. We just got done talking about this. We have an opinion on this thing, and you're allowed to and have opinions. Yeah, you can, we are you can allowed talk about these. Things. And 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 yeah. like, I am totally. I, I I firmly feel again. If if you have a show, it's entertainment. If people can't see it as entertainment, and they're like, "This is how it's done," I'm going to start my paranormal group, and this is how it's going to be. Unfortunately, like, you're there stupid. are a lot of people, and there's a lot of people doing that, that, and their groups don't last. And for, fine, let them do what they want. Whatever, whatever. But, like, John has had experience. We know people who have personally had experience with the shows, right. and we know the other side of the coin. So we want For, for me, and I can only really honestly speak for myself, the reason that I will ever be involved in television and am involved in television is because I want to be able to speak to people. Yeah, and it, allo- it, affords, it affords me the opportunity to have someone pay to fly me all over the country yep. mm-hmm. and speak to yep. larger groups of people where I would only be in a library. Yep. I did I, exactly. I did library and I paid to do library yep. lectures for, for 11 years yep. and, and talk to 12 people yeah. here, three yep. people there. Um, what's interesting to me is in the tel- – and, and I think that we all know this. I think that people who are interested in the paranormal field, when you watch a show and all of a sudden there are new people that you've, you've never heard of mm-hmm. before, I mean, there's something to that. Like, why have you never heard of those people before? And it's because those people, yes, they may have an interest in it, but they have more of an interest of being in television. Right. Um, it, it It's difficult, though, because – all the shows that I've worked on, I've called out the I've like I just said that story about working on the new class. Like I'll call that out if it's fake. I understand too, though. My concern is that, however, this I I was I fucking don't care how I sound. Anyway, <laughs> there's a huge majority of people in the world are dumb. <laughs> Amen. All right, and so people don't realize that reality television isn't reality. And so if I film an episode of a show and I walk in and on the first day something fucking crazy happens, like mind-blowing to me who's done this for a long time, Yeah. on television, they're not going to show you that in the first segment. Right. They're going to show you that in the last segment. That's the big, that's the and big, they, and then, that's the main event. And then you have to craft a narrative yep. that leads toward that right. big event. Yep. Right? That's just how it works. Now, nothing has been faked, but... You have to construct the show around what has actually happened right. so that people yep. can understand it. When we did Ghost Stalkers, one of the things that really pounded me in the head, and it was a, ne- it was a network executive that I'd never heard anyone be so blunt, and maybe it's just the where we are now as a society. But I said, so why didn't this work when, when they said that we weren't going to get renewed? And he said, a lot of the times, John, when you talked, you seemed really smart. Oh, and he, this is, this is almost verbatim, mildly what I can remember through my inaccurate brain. He said, when people watch reality shows, they want to see stupid people so that they feel smart. Uh, if they see smart people, oh. then they feel stupid and oh. they don't want to watch that show. And you sound a little too smart. And so if you look at shows like The Kardashians, Honey Boo Boo, They all sound any. like fucking Christ. idiots. Okay. It's because when you watch it, you feel, oh, I can, I can fucking do that show. That's right? exactly what they're playing I can gain 500 to, pounds and right? do the show. If yeah. someone goes on, like when I was on a ghost, the, the first episode of Ghost Stalkers that we did, there's a throwaway line, which no one really pays it. There's two, actually. There's the, it's thrown away in the episode that no one pays attention to. And I say to the guy who owns this place called Whispers Estate, I said... Oh. Wait, what guy was it? Jared? Van? Van Renner. Van Renner. Van Renner. And I, I, I said, no. 
um, Van bought it and pulled all mm. of the stuff out of it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. You know, know that long story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Van bought it and pulled all the stuff out of it and then had people come in. Mm. And when we were filming that episode, I said to Van, I said, I don't know, on the episode, you can still look this up and I see it and I say, what if what if this has nothing to do with ghosts? What if, what if it has to do with all of the ideas and the intention that people in the community have put into this? What yeah. if it's just the constructed idea of the community? And it's the thrown away line that's as long as it was, as I just said it there, as it is in the episode. But that's a very deep concept. Like, I'm no longer doing a ghost show. I'm right. talking about people manifesting energy through a collective consciousness into the yeah. location. Yeah. And then later in the episode, I say... Chad asks me because Chad had never investigated before those were the six first times he had ever investigated a place that's Mm. why we picked him is so he would have these visceral reactions to the places and Chad says to me why is this place haunted and I said if this place is haunted every place is haunted there have been a hundred or five hundred billion deaths on this planet since there have been human beings if half of them became ghosts that's 250 billion Uh, ghosts we've only inhabited a certain amount of the environment and if you break that down mathematically I go there's 11 ghosts per acre on the earth so if this place (laughs) is haunted every place is haunted I love it and I said it just like that that's too smart but it gets thrown away right but the reality is is that's the truth if any place is haunted, every, every place, place is haunted. Is haunted. Mm-hmm. Yep. And people could not get their heads wrapped around it, especially network executives. Oh, God. Like, they didn't get it. And and so, if they don't get it, and they think their but viewers aren't going to get it. But that goes back to the whole philosophy we were talking about earlier. And, and it, you know, I, I understand completely what you're saying. Yeah. Like, this is... I, I These understand aren't hard the, concepts. Yeah, I, yeah, but I understand the and I understand the idea of reality TV too. I get it. I mean, really, it's it's. I, I can accept it for TV, and I'm not going to go start okay. like a Kim Kardashian, whatever. <laughs> okay, okay, However, okay. if you do want to feel better about life, watch this episode or two of Intervention. I'm just saying. That's, well, that's a good example. How do those people not know they're on Intervention when they're interviewing? Right. Well, that's, right. you know, they know. Come on, right? They know. But that, but that right there, you know, it it seems to me, and I mean, I've talked to people. They're like, I really am interested in this stuff, Scott. I'm super interested in, in you know in studying this stuff, and I'm like, oh, really? That's very cool. And then we talk for a minute, and then here it comes. Like, so I watched an episode of Bill and Todd's Ghost Ghost Lab yeah. or whatever, and I'm like, dude, shut up! All right, seriously. And I and I and then that's why I mean I've said this before on the show. I backed away from this stuff to a point where when people mention this stuff, I'd be like, that's great. If they didn't know me, I'd be like, dude, yeah, yeah, it's great. Seriously, the- I don't want to spend three hours trying to explain this stuff away from them. Yeah, you get tired of that after no. a while. For sure. So the whole, go ahead. Neil. No, I was just going to say, the, the, I'm ba- baking on that point you just made. The hardest summer I ever did of public speaking in libraries was doing a se- libraries. was doing a series of events for teens. Yeah. So thirteen to seventeen. Oh my god. So I'm putting on my presentation of, like, of course, they want it to be local, so they want me to talk about Michigan haunts and hauntings and, like, ghost hunting techniques and blah, blah, blah. Every single little flipping kid that came up to me was like, so I was watching Ghost Hunters, and Grant did this, and I was watching this show, and um, Zach did this, and I'm like, oh! So all I could sit there and do is just go, 
okay, that's fun. Uh-huh. Because they're little kids. Like, I want to make an impact on them. I want to change their mind somehow. Yeah, you don't want to crush yet, their souls. Yeah, yeah I don't want to crush know? their little flipping souls because this is part of their entertainment. It's part of their pop culture. I mean, this it's is what the, they're that, growing that's up their with. New, I, that's their idol. They're, yeah, they're you know, little. So I just go, okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah. But... Yeah, you know, in, like, the real world, this is how it goes. And so I would try to kind of put my little spin on it. But most of the time, I was just kind of going, uh-huh, yeah, that's but, cool. But to yeah. me, like, what I was saying, though, is I would hear people say things like, you know, I'm so interested in this stuff. And when I hear someone say that, I I assume, I guess, which maybe I'm wrong, is, well, if you're interested in this, then you're interested in really hearing some wild ideas that may be kind of hard to get your arms around at first. Yeah. But once you spend some time with it and really riff it through your brain and talk with people and just let it get into the gray matter, you're going to start to get these concepts, right? I mean, that's what, to me, I'm like, okay, this is what you're going to be interested in. But yeah, they don't get, I mean, what you just said, they don't get this idea of what you just said, like 11 ghosts per acre, right? Yeah, they. Um, I mean, people just... It's too much for them. Yeah, people want to believe, and I, I say this at my lectures all the times, people want to believe... In ghosts, which are translucent, wispy versions of themselves, <laughs> and and a lot of times, if you ask people to to think beyond that, it's it's beyond them. And to, to, to remember, Rose, but like point when I used to do lectures in the '90s, I spent a large majority of my Q and A section answering X Files questions. Yeah, because people were like, "I yep. watched this episode of the yep. X Files." Yep. Same, same difference. And I was like, yep, and I was difference. like, "No, it's this a is a TV show. It's man. a TV show." Yeah, go out and explore. Like, go spend some time in a cemetery. Go sit in a cemetery for three hours. Go read your local history files. Go read a history book. Yeah, go sit in the library and go through microfiche and just look for the word ghost. Go through the old newspapers. As you're going through the microfiche, let your eye catch the word ghost. And now it's even easier because you can go to places like Genealogy Bank and newspapers.com. And yes, you have to pay for a subscription, but you can just sit there and you can log in and buy your subscription because it's worth it. You can search for it now. You don't have to even look at your eyes. You can search for it in major newspapers and a lot of local small town newspapers. And you can find these old stories going back to the 1880s, even earlier, about your town following this ghost story or whatever was going on or whatever was unusual or happening. I mean, even even as extreme as, like, the airships of, like, the, I think it was the 1890s. 1896. Yeah. Yes. Going around through, like, the Midwest into the Michigan and everything. They were seeing this airship. Like, you can watch this go through your newspapers. There's so much you can do and, and follow just by doing your own research. And, it yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or you can listen to shows like this. Yep. Or, like... Any of like you know, there's a number of podcasts where people have open discussions that are silly, that are weird, that mm. allow your brain to move around yes. different people's mm, ideas. Unwind and right? think and yeah. expand. Like the thing that's fun about a show like this is that we joke and we laugh, and then there are these moments Seriously. where we have little intense yes. conversation. You're gonna and get then, something. You're gonna yeah. come away thinking and about that, something, and that lights matches in your brain yep. that make you think about other thing. Like oh. Why are those people getting along and why are yes. they talking about what they're talking about? And, and why are they getting excited? Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, and that's we that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, though, too. I, I really enjoy, you know, we talked about intense conversations. I enjoy talking to people and impressing ideas upon people that I've learned. You know, I'm not saying that. I mean, yeah, I'm sure I've come up with a couple of nuggets myself, some ideas that I've come up with, of course. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I picked up from other people, like ideas. I'm like, well, you know, this is what I learned from somebody back in, you know, 1847 when I was riding a stagecoach somewhere. This guy well, told me this shit. Um, I I like that idea. And that's what you're talking about. It's like, you know, you're you're 
being exposed. Well, and being different exposed. Ideas. Like earlier when we were out on our little smoke break, John Tenney tells us, I've been to Egypt. In that same accent. <laughs> I've been to Egypt. I've been to Egypt. I don't remember you sounding like that. I was at Egypt the one time. So anyway, but anyway, we we freak out and we start asking him questions and we're like, what? Like, give us your perspective. What happened when you were there? So it's like, how, yeah, we often, all kind of freaked out. how often do you come across someone that has been to the pyramids and can give you their perspective on what they, you know, even though it was the early 90s, what did you see? How did you experience it? What did you do? What was the culture like? What was going on? So we're like, what did you feel? Were you naked? Were you naked? What did you eat? What did you read? What did you smell? I was naked under What deodorant were you wearing? You know, like all these important questions, we can ask someone, but because he's experienced that. And that's what's really cool about talking to people who have had all these different experiences, no matter what they are, um, how trivial or how big they are. It's all part of like learning from other people and gaining these experiences and and, and, and building from that and making your own coolness, whatever. And hopefully, if you're a somewhat well-adjusted weirdo, like I think we all are. Which we all are. Which I think we all are. You get into these conversations, and you might get mad, you might get excited. You, you should might, get mad and excited. You might get drunk. You might both. All of them, all you, the above. You, but what happens is, hopefully, when people get into these conversations of any kind of excited nature or intense nature, there's a moment where later on, when you're at home and you're alone, when you become reflective upon something that was said, mm. and someone will say, you, you, "You're laying in bed by yourself, and you think." That was really screwed up, right? Or, or is that, that really the is that really the way it is? Yeah. Like, and that's yes. where you become an actual investigator, yes. right? You because now thinking. you're starting to explore yourself, right? And your inner ooh, explore yourself. Yes, <laughs> explore. It the starts when you're little, and things He's get moving around. Always talking about and bigger, and bigger <laughs> yourself while you're in bed. Well, in right? all seriousness, though, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, it, it is a lot of self. Why we do what we do? Absolutely. Why we're here doing well, this? Man, I mean, I'm, I'm excited just talking to John right now. I'm like, like that's why I want. It was so excited to have John here. That you're I know, excited so talking to John. Bonnie's so not kidding. excited at I all, so even kidding. though I have. Even though she's wrapped in a blanket and I haven't seen her hands she- since I've been here. <laughs> but honest to God, I could be totally wrong. Honest to God, every oh, time yeah, sure. she shares her hands. <laughs> Well, that's, we don't know where they were. Spirit but fingers. Whenever I've seen John speak at any of his 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 talks, he could do library talks. He could be doing conventions. He could be doing comic cons. He could anything. Um, a lot of stuff in Michigan, outside of the state. John is one of those rare people that expands your mind while you're sitting there listening for that rare forty five to an hour minute, whatever. You're like, oh my god. My mind is like growing. It's getting bigger. I'm thinking, ouch! Like it might hurt. It might whatever. But you're gonna think about things afterwards. Bonnie just gave can, me a curious Can we have look. a clip of Amber Rose going? <laughs> it's growing. It's getting bigger. Ouch! I can isolate it hurts. that. I can isolate it that. Hurts. That's, that's, that's just I haven't for played John. any samples this show. That's I've been done. I haven't done any drops. No, that's I, just for John. Which, by the way, for our we always do an end song to ghostly talk. And last time, because we were talking about dreams, we kind of finally decided we got to go. It were the dream warriors. I thought we so played we, that. Oh, we ended it. We did. We ended it. Yes, we ended in yeah. Dawkins. So now we, I think we should give John the opportunity to choose his outgoing song. Oh my goodness! I think gracious. he chose it earlier. Done? I did choose. We're going to give him the power. Do you to think choose. I did? I what think song did. was it? What do you think it is? What? What what song did you sing earlier? I think it should be either a paper moon <gasps> or yes. when you wish upon a star. Yes, yes, yes. Can we use that? Yes, because Who it's, cares. Um, you can if you use if you look up ukulele Ike. 
that was made in the early 1930s, and so it's all public domain. All right, I'll, I'll use like that. So you Dakin can actually use it. wasn't public domain. We're fair use. We're not charging. Fair use. Can you believe there was a guy named Ukulele Ike? No, I can't. Like, we're sitting around and we're like, we're like, ghosts. Like, there was a guy who was like, that poor man. Ukulele Ike. I'm Ukulele Ike. When I go to cemeteries, one of my. You meet him? One of my. You look for Ukulele Ike? Yes, I look for him. (laughs) One of my favorite things to do is read names on headstones. I have a thing Mm -hmm. for headstones and names. And Amber's joking. It's first time in her life. Um, normally, she's a trooper and she I'm can take it. Out of whiskey. Sorry. But is there no ukulele, Ike? No, no, no. I was just writing it down. Oh, okay. I got the memory of a goldfish these days. I don't Doug and I were at a cemetery in Make, Illinois. Okay, make up a city. And no, we Any were. City. We were <laughs> Tennyville. The terror. Tennyville, Illinois. Tennyville terror. Oh, Where did oh, Troy no, no, no. used to have his event? Decatur. Not Alton? in Alton. Decatur. 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 That's where I ate at a diner that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. He's got a podcast about All that. Right. I ate at a diner in Decatur we getting at, food poisoning. We were at a cemetery in Decatur, and Doug and I to this day still talk about this woman. We have no idea who she is, but we talk about her all the time. Her, is, was it the cemetery behind the hotel? Her name is Lugard. Was it the cemetery behind the hotel? Because you know there no. was the hotel that everybody stayed at for the Decatur mm-hmm. events? Yeah. There was a cemetery down the hill behind the hotel and across the road. Yep. Never there. Yeah. There, there is a woman. That's and the I'm, one I walked through to get to the diner. I'm not even joking. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, I, it's a woman named Lugard. Just Lugard. let that. Lugard. Lugard. Lugard of the mouth. So Lugard. when you say that name, that doesn't surprise me all that much. When I came across Ooh, Lugard. I get the chills, though, because John T. I have, if you uh, go to his I have podcast, a lot of weird family names, which Ooh, I love. Okay. I didn't know anything about my family until my dad made me, about five years ago, my dad was like, do genealogy on us. And so like, I knew my dad's name was John. My His dad's name was Elmer. My great-grandfather's name is Leonard. That's why I'm John E. L. Tenney. Oh. Right, because I'm all the men. But then before that, his, my great-great-grandfather was uh, Aladdin. Nice. <gasps> what? Aladdin. Wait, okay, wait, Middle Eastern descent or no, anything? He no, was just, West Virginia. Okay, so randomly, there, okay, so I got West Virginia family. I did genealogy last year, and I we owned slaves, so, so I was Aladdin, weirded out by that. Aladdin, Tenny, his brother what? was Haymaker. Shut up. I like it. What? Haymaker. I like it. Who and the, then, oh, they were drunk when they were pregnant. He had a uh, a brother that was named Rubber. Rubber? Well, not, shut up. Rubber. Rubber Tenny. Haymaker and Aladdin. Yeah, Rubber Tenny. No, that's not right. Rubber Tenny. What? <laughs> what? I'm going to do the genealogy so when myself. I, when I looked it up on what? the genealogy, when I looked up on the census stuff, what? it says Rubber Tenny, what? and then it says uh, Occupation Rubber Maker. Shut and up. Then, wait, and then it says... Haymaker Tenny, occupation, hay. Okay, no, that's not, okay. So, no, 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 in all fairness, historically, that's not unfair to say, because a lot of people got their names based on what they did as but a- But to name someone a, rubber? Right. That's, that's weird. That doesn't sound right. I mean, Hammond. I walked maybe in on you, this one. You produce that's, Ham. That's basic. Um, whatever, but- 
it, my great great my great grandfather. God, where farmer, did they get the Spitler from? Farmer, right? You farmer spit Brown. on people. That was his name. Oh, okay. that's what my family did. We spit, spit. on people. Well, Tenny's but like okay. Aladdin. Tenny's, did they just like the tails? I think what? it was. I think that the family, because the names are so <laughs> odd, at Aladdin, Rubber, Haymaker. Uh, I think that the family probably had. A, this is my guess, and I'm trying to look as forward as possible and backwards as possible. I think that my family probably had a children's book of, of, yeah. fairy, of fairy tales. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And they were picking names out of it. Aladdin. But who who knows a fairy tale about Haymaker and Rubber? I don't. I, I know don't. Aladdin. But I know that Tenny, the name Tenny, comes from the should... fact that when, in England back in the 1500s, there was a, a, a group of people who mined tin. Oh, that and makes so sense. they were called tinnies, and then when they came to the United tinnies. States in sixteen fifty, they became tinnies. Well, I think we should start a fairy tale book about haymakers and rubber. Rubber, rubber haymakers. I'll write so, the rubber haymakers. one. Okay, I'll do haymaker. You have experience with rubbers? <laughs> yeah, she does. Maybe a little. <laughs> it's gonna happen thanks to dating at ghostlytalk.com, oh. which is gonna happen. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta get that going. Under your ball pictures. We're getting that started. <laughs> so, I, I before we go, yeah. We were talking about EVPs earlier. Yes. And while we were talking earlier, you guys were kind of going, and I was down here on the laptop off the mic. I, I told you out on the patio when we were on break earlier uh, about a couple of EVPs. Yep. Um, if I could pleasure you. Oh. Yep. Oh. Oh. I actually oh. pulled them up. This show old, just became something. I, I have to go to the bathroom, old so it school. might take longer than normal. Old school EVP. <laughs> Yes, you, guys just, you guys just piled on you? me like a pack of friggin' Panthers. And I Collins. pounded on you like a pack of Panthers, you'd be happier. Um, I didn't mean it like that, Jen. <laughs> can I play the fucking audio for yeah, you? The, do you yeah, want to sure. set the scene? It's long, though, no, so cut it off. I don't want to set shit. I don't want to set shit. No, the, and these are, these I'm, are not I'm long. not saying say not anything, anything that happened. Yeah. I'm no, here's, saying, here's, do you want to say what was we're just happening? Gonna, we're just going to let... And, and, and the people that listen to this show, you guys may have heard these back in the past. Kind of if our old they hits, were old right? school listeners. Yeah, if you listen to the old stuff... <laughs> these well, are, the, last time, the last time I was on was eight years ago. Shit, he might know it. You might You might know it. Uh, these are old hits. But right. you know what? And this is the funny thing, though. I mean, I want to make this point again. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, Amber, you mentioned that. Um, all these years, I mean, yeah, same thing for me. I can probably count on one or two hands. Yeah. Experiences, maybe a photo, maybe a yeah. piece of audio, whatever it might be that I would consider anomalous, right? Yeah. So this is two of those things. And I really this don't want to say... We don't really want to set anything Amber has one of the, uh, a book here of EVPs. Yeah. And in yeah. the beginning, it says... Um, this book is only so many pages long, twenty-eight pages long. And it says it oh, took me one last thing. Yeah, and it's but it but it says in there. I think in the in the introduction or maybe in the epilogue, it says Preface. like it took me, it took me fifteen years to get twenty EVPs. Mm-hmm. Yep, I believe that. Yeah. Like like these people who are like I got one hundred and twenty-two yeah. last night. Right, bullshit. No, you did no. not. Like no. you didn't. No. All right, play it. And that's I mean I got a million pieces of audio from the past that this I kept. This goes back that, I mean, to two thousand three. There's two thousand seven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean this is going. Way I got back. all kinds of weird things, but I mean it, nothing that I would consider like oh my god. Nineteen ninety three. Yeah. Okay, play it. All right. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah, we're not going to set this up. We're just going to play the audio. Stop talking. Shut up. Bite me. Shh. All Later. Right. All right. Here's the first one. <laughs> 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 
Now, how do we do it? No, no, no. Let, let me listen one more time. Let me listen one more time. It's really loud, Scott. Let me, li- so, let, right, me let me listen one more time. So is there a little kid talking or a high pitched voice yes. that's saying something? Yes. Okay, so that, no, yes. that, that, that stop right, that, let's stop right yes. there. Let's stop right there. Now, mind you, now now we're not playing some magic trick on the air. As you guys could hear, we didn't say I didn't tell I didn't front load you shit. I just listen to the audio and you tell me what you hear. Yeah, so right? I hear voices that are a certain intonation, mm-hmm. and then there's a voice that talks over people that's higher and seems not on the same There you go. Okay. L- like wave as everybody else. I was the else. only female on that bridge. Okay. It there was actually it sounded like it sounds either like a little girl or a little kid. Okay. Yeah, the voice is high pitched. There was um this this is the Edna C. Collins Bridge and was it Greenville Green Bonnie? It was like Greenville, yeah, Indiana, I think like so. the back hills, right? Yeah. Um, it's uh, our, the dearest friend we have in the world of this show, Scott Kern, who actually did the original theme song and the new theme song we do for the show now. He recorded it for us. Uh, he lives in Indiana. Great friend of ours. We met him in two thousand four. I think it was 2004. I think so. Uh, um, long time ago, we were down there. He just invited us out to hang out in Brazil County, Indiana, which is where we're at, uh, and go to some places that he liked to go to. And one of them was the Edna C. Collins Bridge. Um, story goes, and there was actually, it's gone now, because Bonnie and I yeah, just went there two summers now. ago. We drove out there two summers ago just to visit the bridge again. We yeah. just wanted to do a road trip and go out there and hang out and uh, just see what see what was up. It's a vastly different environment now. But back in 2004, there actually was a sign that said Edna C. Collins Bridge this is the oldest enclosed bridge in Indiana. And it's, the sign, we have a picture of it. It's gone now, but we have a picture of it. Um, it's thought to be haunted by yeah. a mother and child. Yeah. The story The story we got was the the child would, would swim in the creek under the bridge. So... Go ahead. This is just for my own uh, ideas. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Here's Indiana. I'm holding. I'm for the listener. I'm holding my hand upside down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, where is a, this bridge about? Oh God. Oh, Do you Lord. know? I have no idea. No? We could figure that out it's after the show. Bottom. No. I, I would say it's a. It's about. Ooh, shit. Hour west of Terre Haute. Well, okay. Say Chicago. We're from Chicago. I. I do. We'll look it up because okay, yeah. I went to a, a bridge in 2009 yeah. that was supposedly haunted, and I know that that bridge isn't there anymore. And no, this bridge, no, is, this there. bridge, this bridge is, is there. This bridge is definitely there. Is still there? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Still there. We right. drove out there two years ago. Just I needed to make. Okay. A, I needed to do a road trip, and Bonnie and I just shot down there. and hu- We literally drove into – where were we? we stayed in Indianapolis. Yep. We literally drove to Indianapolis and spent the night in a hotel room just to drive to this bridge Indi- and, and hang Indiana out Indiana is strange because it's it's this land of covered bridges, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the, and you I, can launch a car through them, just there are, so you know. Yeah. There are two <laughs> There are two haunted uh, covered bridges in Indiana that I know of. Yeah. One is gone now, and then the other one is in uh, – it's near De- – not DuPaul, but DuPaul College. Okay. Um, so I'm interested in where yours is at. But I know that Indiana is filled them. with them. I know we'll, that they're we'll, all over We'll the hook place. that up for you, no problem. But, you know, I mean, again, guys, we talked about this briefly on the patio here. Let's see if it's near Green Castle. 
She's looking at it. I up. think it is Greencastle. Is it, is it Green? Castle? Did I screw up Greencastle? I said Greenville, I think, or something I'll, like I'll that. I'll find out right now. We didn't tell. I didn't. And again, I'm not. This isn't some big magic trick either. You're right. But I mean, that's. No, uh, I caught it immediately. I, I didn't I didn't want to front load you and yeah. tell you anything. No, I just no, wanted, I hey, it. listen to the audio. Tell me what you think, right? And you kind of nailed it. Yeah. We got. I mean, there was myself, uh, Will, Doug, um, and our and uh, Scott Kern, of course, yep. four adult males, and then Bonnie, an adult female. It's Don't, in Greencastle. Greencastle. Greencastle right, so I screwed it up. I've Green, been to that bridge. Yeah, okay. Embassy Collins Bridge. Um, that's where that was recorded at. And well, Scott Kern was the actual guy who okay. captured it on his recording. So let's explain what we heard. So John obviously heard like something that sounded like a little girl. Well, so you hear everybody talking about like they want to go like oh we're going to no. go to the casino or we're going to do whatever. You guys were chatting. Yeah, about- actually, what was happening at that time? The legend is that if you pull your car onto the bridge yeah, and honk your horn three times, the little girl will get in the car with you. So I know that fucker. Let me tell the story. Shush. Uh, okay. Other people so might not know. They were like, okay, let's test it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get the car. And Doug was asking me, what are you going to do? <laughs> Doug was asking me. What are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to get my car, and I'm going to pull it on the bridge. So I was explaining what I was going to do. And that's when that happened. Okay. Now, so then wait. what you do is you hear this little uh, girl's voice. Okay, but wait voice. a second, because I'm, now I'm in, intensely fascinated, because okay. we were talking about synchronicities and coincidences. Okay. So I've been to this bridge mm-hmm. in Greencastle. Mm-hmm. The reason I've been to this bridge in Greencastle is so crazy that this comes around like this, right? So... We were talking about me doing the episode of Paranormal State, the new yep. class, right? Those kids are from Greencastle, Indiana. What? The reason they formed their ghost hunting group is because there was a haunted bridge. Oh, shut up. Oh, God damn. Yeah. That's why I... For real? Am, yeah. If you look up uh, Greencastle, Indiana, yeah. Paranormal State, the new class... Chris, Savannah, Nate, all of them are from Greencastle. Jesus. They went to DePaul College, which is And that's the bridge they hung out on. that's the bridge they hung out on because it was haunted. And formed their ghost hunting group. Well, small world. Small world. Well, let me all tell right, the listeners. The let me tell the listeners what to hear. <laughs> okay. It's so fucking weird. We, I we love. Sh- I love shit like that. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you I have hear? To pee, I have to pee pretty soon. Yeah, you, we're nearly. We're going to be done in two minutes. Well, no, there's so, another one I want you to hear too. Shush, I'm going to tell the listeners what to listen for. Damn it! I'm going to front load them. No, no, so, no, no. Tell them, front load them, and I'll pee. Hey, John's going to front. Yeah, John's. Okay. Okay, go ahead. So Mark, in Amber. the EVP that was just played, that Scott played, you hear the Ghostly Talk crew talking, and then you hear that little girl's voice say, I, I want to go. go. Well, how about I play us through again? One okay, time. fine. Oh, I- there was. Stop it, Scott. Yeah, you don't need to hear the rest. It's so long. Stop. There it was. Okay, we heard it again. Yeah, we heard it again. Okay. okay. That was three times. I want to go. And you know what? We've heard it for you guys. When I, when I, 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 not I, the first two times. I use multiple EVPs. I do this thing in my presentations called EVP Theater. And during EVP Theater. EVP Theater. During EVP Theater, I do some of the investigation uh, EVPs that I've acquired and then a few that we've gotten from our friend Gowan that he's let me use over the Mm. years. And then I have this one that Ghostly Talk acquired. And when I play this one of this little girl's voice saying, I want to go, I probably...
probably get more chills and oohs and ahs from anybody in the audience because off this EVP. Girl. It doesn't matter if it's not from Michigan. It doesn't matter. It's because they, it's yes, a child. They hear that little girl's well, voice that's so different the from the innocence. other voices. Yeah, yeah. The innocence and everything that goes into it saying, I want to go. And when I explained that they were talking about they wanted to go to the casino, they wanted to do something, they wanted to go somewhere, and boom, you hear this. Well, we were actually discussing, and I'll just let's just ruin it for everybody. I already well, said it. Did you already say that? I just said it. I just yeah. said it. You're going to the casino. You were, no, we were figuring, going to the casino. No. We were, we were the figuring casino? about where to go. I was talking about going to get my car. Your wiener? No, no. Shut up, Amber. What, what? were you saying, Bonnie? I was talking Quiet. about going to get my car to pull it onto the bridge to test the theory. I thought we were discussing also about where we were going to go to yeah, next, too. That's what Scott always told me. So I thought, yeah. I, I mean, guess he filled me in wrong. No, I mean, that's fine. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can... I mean... Whatever. I lied to you all these years. You lied to me. I've been telling my listeners all these years the wrong story. It doesn't matter. It don't it's matter. It's still a great It EVP. doesn't matter because it's there and it's, it exists. All right, play the next one. I want to go. Ghosts aren't real, you guys. John's back from TV. <laughs> you don't believe in any of this shit, None of do that you? shit. Okay, so I actually don't we, believe in any of it. What's the last EVP of the, the, the podcast <laughs> we're going to do? Just, what's going just, on? Just listen. Okay, ready? What is this one? Just listen. I don't know it. And then we'll play it later. Trying to fucking listen. It's from the same goddamn trip. Will you chicks stop? Shut up! I'm listening. All right, here we go. He just called us chicks. Dead. Coconut pancakes and we play that quarter game all night. I need $100 in quarters. Coconut pancakes, please. They hand you a bag. <laughs> I'm going to win myself a quarter if it kills me. <laughs> okay, was it Doug's gay laugh? What was no. it? What was it? Okay. No, sir, so is, there, is, is there a right, kind let's, of let's deeper look. intoned voice Wait. over the top of you yeah, in that I, middle I, I, conversation after you talk about pancakes? Yeah. yeah, let's let it rip one more okay. time. Okay, just listen. We play a coconut pancakes and we play that quarter game all night. <laughs> I need $100 in quarters. It's actually there's there's two or three in there. Yeah, there's, there's something, but something I going can't, on in there. Now, I, well, I want to go yeah. back. I mean, I know we just taught, we just played that one, Class but three. with you here, John, um, the last one. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, again, and we've we've always said this the disclaimer. Also, we're like, look, these are we just found these weird. Yeah, we found these really weird. Um, the last piece we played uh, from the bridge. Mm-hmm. Pizza. What's really interesting? I'm turning your mic off, Amber. You're getting annoying. Quiet. Um, Go make you actually hear. You know, you hear the reverberation of us within the bridge. You hear all of our voices kind of bouncing around in there, and that voice also, like whatever that voice was, it to me had the same properties it echoed the same way um it just seemed to kind of blend in with all of our voices like there was like a kid with us or something right now this piece and i want to play it one more time we're goofing off <laughs> i need a hundred dollars in quarters there's three. There's a, well, there's a, there's yeah. There, if you really dig into it, you hear one that's really prominent, right? But there's more in there. My the thing that really stuck out with me is that you kind of hear the same thing. Like you hear us. Like we're obviously outside. You hear the wind blowing. You hear us talking, like kind of stomping on the ground. With the yeah, gravel. I'm, I'm messing with the gravel and things like that. Um, you hear the properties of the audio of our voices, basically. Um, what pops in there? 
literally to me feels like somebody either put their mouth right to the microphone of the recording device or it was more internal i don't know what else any other way to describe it it seems like it's much closer to the microphone it's spoken it's it's more like kind of softly spoken yeah i mean yeah um you know again we not putting these things out like this is biblical proof of what you know of the existence of the afterlife but we found those two pieces of uh audio interesting and yeah. I just wanted to play it. We, we no, talked about it. I, I thought no, it would be fun I love to play it. Them. I love it. And, and, and here's the thing, especially with certain piece, certain pieces of EVP, right? Like, there is an old concept that, like, Rodive and those guys used to talk about, which was that they used our voices. Like, they we, we move the waves, and then they can move the waves. So if there's no one talking, they can't really do anything. Yeah. But if we're speaking, then that means the that there's terror. which is that concept of the Frank's box that they yeah. need something to manipulate. The right. Sound but here's the thing, right. though, sure. too, about that last piece of audio. If you listen close, it sounds. I mean, that's what makes it even weirder to me is that voice, whatever pops in from the cemetery clip that I just played. It kind of sounds like Doug. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. So here's the thing. I talk about this at my lectures when. When we did that first episode of Ghost Stalkers and Chad did his very first investigation, which was at Whispers, yeah. he was a fucking wreck. He was <laughs> he was throwing up. At, so I made, when we were doing Ghost Stalkers, I told Nick and the production crew, I said, if we're going to be alone, then we have to be alone. I, the, the contracts for the crew need to be that they have to wrap at 8 o'clock and they have to leave set because I don't want people walking around tapping on windows. I don't want people setting equipment up. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And that was a hassle, but we got them to sign off on that. So 8.30 at night, Chad and I are the only ones at Whispers. He's freaking out. He's, like, literally throwing up in the RV because he didn't want to go in because he was so scared because he had never done a, a private by himself investigation yeah. Yeah. in the place. And he walks in and he does his first solo EVP session. And if you watch that episode, he gets an EVP that says, Chad, be a man. And he it, he freaks out and he's like, fucking I'll be a man. Like, and he gets mad about it. And then he powers through the next 10 hours and spends all night in the house. And when, yeah. he, com- when he comes out and he says, um, I got really scared. And then I heard this voice say, be a man. It was really the only EVP I got all night. Um, he goes, but it, it helped power me through the night. Mm. And he played it back for me. And I said, this sounds like you. And he was like, what? And I said, we have to speculate with what we do, but, like, do you know who knows that you're here tonight and needs to hear this so that you can get through tonight? And he said, who? And I said, you in the future. Like, after you're dead. Dude, tripping me out. But it's true. After he's, after, in the future, after he's dead, he's, if he can look back upon his life and revisit it. Mm. And you look back on that moment. And you look back on that moment and go, what do I need to get through this? And so if you listen to it, it, I mean, it doesn't sound exactly like him, but it sounds, the cadence kind of seems like him. And what we did on Ghost Stalkers, which is interesting, and I don't think any, I don't think other shows really did this, is whenever we were doing EVP sessions, we actually show you the whole session. So like we do, since we're filming ourselves, we set up a camera in front of ourselves and we go, uh, is there anybody here with me? Uh, could you tell me your name? Can you tell me how you see me? Yeah. And we ask questions and we show that whole part unedited. And then we turn it around and we play the recorder back. And you can actually take when the recorder is playing back. And the first part, people don't do this except for two or three researchers I know. And you can overlay it on the video Mm. to see 
if we've manipulated with it at all and you can see that there's no one talking and and it fucked me up when i heard it because i was like it sounds like him but it doesn't sound like him and then chad goes does it not sound like me because it sounds like i'm older and i said fuck uh, like if you oh, do, wow. like maybe Weird. maybe this does sound like you but Weird. doesn't sound like you because you die in the future when you're older so your voice sounds yeah Ugh. you made a comment though a minute ago that you don't i mean maybe we're i, I didn't catch that you don't believe in this though this, i don't believe in anything i think okay. the hardest thing for me to do yeah. as a researcher i started out with conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And so my mentor always told me, like, history is fluidic in nature. You need perspective. History is experienced, but it's not understood uh, without perspective. Mm-hmm. And so you can't really make a determination upon it unless you can stand away from it. Yeah. And so when I got into the paranormal stuff, I realized that par- the paranormal can be experienced, but to understand it, much like history, you have to be able to be able to stand away from it. And so as a researcher, if I don't want to have confirmation bias, if I don't want to, to color my own ideas, yeah, then to be honest, I have to say I I don't believe in any of this stuff. I have yeah. ideas about these things. Yeah. No, but I to have a belief in it, a belief is an unchanging, concreted thought. No, and that's... Re- and, and so God I can't damn, believe yeah. in ghosts. I, what is, I, we haven't even had... When, you have, when I took my first college class in philosophy... The, the our teacher told us if you're going to have a philosophical conversation then you sit down with a person and you discuss what the words mean that way you both know and understand what you're talking about when you're having a philosophical discussion the paranormal community has never sat down and said what is a ghost mm. and mm. so we have these endless fucking conversations about ghosts think, and yet yeah. you're thinking about a ghost one way you're thinking about a ghost one way I'm thinking about a ghost one way well, I don't think the, I don't think ghost. a lot of the paranormal com- community really understands what the scientific theory uh, or scientific method is I, I like your fact that you talk about the prefix para oh i hate and, oh i hate and, it and, and john has talked well, it's, about this it's thrown around paranormal way too unity now. para this para that para that and what does it actually mean kinda or beyond or yeah. maybe yeah. or alongside yeah. of like when when i see people and they're like para convention so yeah. it's kind of a convention <laughs> yeah like para beer i'm like it's kind, <laughs> of, beer? kind of beer like but, it doesn't have anything yeah. to do with ghosts yep. what i was saying though is like just it's, that it's i mean ridiculous I, I th- yep. there's a lot of terminology i think like i said i mean i tripped over it myself but the scientific method I, you hear that thrown around so freely nowadays yeah i mean it, literally the last 15 years i think that's a well, we're, we apply the scientific method oh really yeah. Do you, so do you understand so what that is. Yeah. You know, so you've you you've done this hundreds of times yeah. and reproduced, and reproduced it, it in a controlled and, setting. Yeah. And you've peer reviewed it with yeah. like. Yeah. And you yeah. falsified it. And That's, yeah. And, and, no. I, and I've said that. And I mean, it frosts the ass of a lot of people when I say that. I'm like, look, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but. You're, that's a pretty heavy thing you're dropping on me, man. That's you're, so you got a million dollar grant to work on this stuff. I mean, because it isn't free to work, you know, to to do this ty- these type of experience. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, but that that approach to me, yeah. That, that, I had a minister, idea. a friend of mine, a long time ago, who said, um, "You may never know, but the road to knowing starts with understanding, and understanding starts with saying you don't know." Oh, that's great. Right? So that's it's great. like. The, the problem with our community is no one's willing to say, I don't know. Yep. 
Yeah. I don't know shit. Right? Well, I don't know shit. Right? Well, Show me some shit so I can start to understand right. so yeah. I can get on the road to knowing what it is. My but everybody's like, I know exactly what it is. That's a no. ghost. That's a demon. No, you no. have fucking no, no clue. No, you don't know. What, you have no idea what you're... Yeah. I mean, I've always went by the, the same idea, but different. You know, the more you know, the more you know you don't, don't know. The more right. you don't know shit. Yeah. And I mean, I've learned that from my profession. Uh, the more I learn, the more I'm like, God, man, I've opened myself up to a whole other bag of tricks i have to figure out now uh and it just never ends yeah right and i mean that's for a hard science we're talking about too that's something that's been proven over and over again and been peer checked uh now we're talking about something that has not been right has never been and yeah that idea to me has always been hilarious when i I hear people say the idea well i'm an evp expert you could be you could be an acoustical engineering expert Right. But not an EDP expert. It's not proven. I, it's it's strange, though, right? Like, I have... Uh, so, I did this radio interview, and I was only on it for a part of it because I got kicked off of it. But there was <laughs> there was a show out of Chicago, and they had a believer, a, like a paranormal believer. They had a skeptic, and they had me. And I was supposed to play the middleman. I was supposed to play the one who didn't believe or not believe or whatever. And so, they had this guy who was hardcore uh, Tennessee ghost hunter... And then somehow or another, they had booked Neil deGrasse Tyson as the, as the skeptic. God. Yeah. And then I am in the middle playing Whoa. like the, the organ grinder. I'm like, <laughs> and um, Tyson said in the first half of the show, he said, uh, all of you paranormal people, even you, John, you you shoot for the lowest common denominator. You You try and make things as simple as possible for the simple people. And I said... Uh, is that why Cosmos was 80% cartoons? <gasps> Boom! And so Lighter. Then, but here's the thing. Neil deGrasse Tyson ed- readily admits scientists who are really scientist- scientific in what they believe, scientists readily admit that they they don't under, like they we know that dark matter is a thing it's a scientific process right yeah. but dark matter is hypothetical it's non-testable it's non-provable it's something that was created in the 1980s because we looked out into space we saw how big space was and, and there wasn't enough matter to make space work so then science said there's dark matter there we don't know what it is but it's there mm. dark matter makes up 97 percent of all matter in reality for it to work that's how much dark matter there has to be 97%. And they can't test it. It's not provable. It's yeah. completely hypothetical. So scientists like Neil deGrasse Tyson are willing to explain to us that they don't understand 97% of matter in reality in the universe. But somehow they feel qualified to tell us that ghosts aren't real mm. and that UFOs aren't real. Yeah. Mm. Like if I showed up for a job interview tomorrow and I said, I can do this job a solid 3%, but no. I, I don't fucking understand you 97% of it. You're yeah, out, right? you're out the door. Yeah, you're out the door. You don't get the job. And so the reality is nobody has any fucking idea. Uh, if we do have any idea, we're 3% into it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's talk about shit. Let's explore different fucking ideas. Yes, some people are crazy and they're lunatics and they send you fucking weird pictures and want you to dress them up in diapers. <laughs> but it only adds to our collective knowledge and, and makes yeah. us it weirder is. and, and gives me a great yes. story. Gives Bonnie good stories. And you know you do weird stuff. Which to more yourself, stuff's going to happen? <laughs> have you dating, seen her hands yet? Dating no, they are hidden. Up. I mean, mine have been under the table too. Yeah, the whole what's time. Bonnie been doing? <laughs> But dating at ghostlytalk.com, soon to be live. Is this, this how, is we how we have to do, do ghostly talk yeah, from now, now on? Everybody's hands have to be up in the air. <laughs> it's like our new cult thing. 
I, I didn't know that wrapping myself in a blanket I don't know was in a Ouija board blanket. It is a Ouija blanket. It is a Ouija board yes, blanket. Yes, but it's You're supposed warm. to put your fingers on it and move it around, yeah. right? <laughs> go it's a ahead, Ouija John. Board. Go ahead. <laughs> John, thank you. No, yes. thanks for having me. Thank no, this you. is really great. Thank you. I'm, um, I didn't think we'd go this long. We have I'm to sorry. Make, we have to make it a regular. We edit, go long. Edit this, edit this down to about 20 minutes. No, never. People no, thank you, John. Um, you know, you took the time to come here and hang out with us, um, and we really appreciate it. No, thank anytime. So I'm in the yeah. area. And, uh, yeah, we got to figure out this thing for Sunday now, too. We got to talk about that. Oh, boy. This yeah. is, we're going to get beat, get the shit beat out of us. We are going to get spin on. Yeah. Spin on and beat up. It's going to be so much fun. Guys, this has been Ghostly Talk. I'm Scott L. I'm Bonnie. I'm Amber. Uh, thank you, guys, again. We'll see you next time.